When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So in my day, I've seen a lot of companies come and go. I've seen a lot of companies make the most gravest, the most terrible, most oh my god errors that has made them crumble and has made fandoms look at them like, oh my god, what the hell are you doing right now? What's going on here? I mean, like there's dropping the ball and then there's just, oh my god, the ball blew up and flew away. Like there's the difference between the two when it comes to how you run a company and how you destroy a company and make it look like, wow, you're done goofed. Because after reading the story, I was like, oh my god, this is one of those things that I definitely got to cover on the next episode of Poor Never Do. No matter how you Okay, so I'm gonna be honest with you people. When I read this story the first time I heard about it, I was like, what, what is going on here? What are y'all doing right now? Because Crunchyroll just really made things go south. Made things go south. And honestly, I could definitely say for sure that when it comes to the reasoning behind this, a lot of it has to do with ever since the big change happened of Sony buying up Crunchyroll, Funimation, and everything above, everything changed. For crying out loud, if I give you a little bit of a history lesson, not to start drama, and I'll try my best to keep out of the drama situation because I don't like drama. But pretty much back in the day, there was a lot of us including myself youtubers content creators pretty much influencers that were working kind of elbow to elbow so to speak or just in general working close to some of these companies including crunchyroll funimation etc etc because we was a part of an influencer program so to speak we were basically like yo y'all not really employees and all of that good stuff and we don't really want to give you the bag and one thing led to another and by the time sony bought up the company they were like yeah uh, it was nice to see you but we're going in a different direction and essentially all of the influencers were out of the program Program and yeah, big waste of time. So I've seen the effects of what has happened since these companies have sold to the conglomerate of Sony and it's just been a massive difference. And this article right here is just another testament and even demonstration, to be honest with you, of what the heck is going on here. Let's read so you guys can understand just how bad things really have gotten and how things can get worse and why, honestly, people are going to start putting on that ski mask. And you're like, yo, Fanette, what are you talking about ski mask? What? Yeah, dog. We'll talk about it. Let's read first. Crunchyroll to hold ad supported streaming starting in spring 2022 season aka a few days from now essentially you're kind of screwed because Crunchyroll announced on Friday that it will no longer offer free ad supported viewing starting with its spring 2022 season lineup Crunchyroll will instead require that viewers have a subscription to access new and continuing simulcasts the first three episodes of the following spring 2022 titles will be available for free ad supported viewing for a limited time including spot Family, A Couple of Cuckoos, The Dawn of the Witch, Tomodachi Game, Skeleton Knight in Another World, Shikimori's Not Just a Cutie, The Greatest Demon Lord is Reborn as a Typical Nobody, Trapped in a Dating Sim, The World of Otome Games is Tough for Mobs. The first three episodes of each title will be available for ad-supported viewing for a week after their premiere on Crunchyroll until May 31st. Subsequent episodes as well as other titles in the Spring 2022 simulcast lineup will be available to view with a premium monthly or annual subscription. Crunchyroll confirmed that with continuing anime, ad-supported viewing
reviewing will not be available with episodes starting with the spring season, but episodes prior to the spring season will still be available. Crunchyroll previously allowed free ad-supported streaming for simulcast titles one week after an episode premiered. Funimation and Crunchyroll announced on March 1st, Funimation and Wakanim's anime library and simulcast content have moved to Crunchyroll. Sony's Funimation Global Group completed its acquisition of Crunchyroll from AT&T on August 9th last year. The purchase price was US $1.175 billion, and the proceeds were paid in cash at closing. So essentially, they're taking away from your experience on Crunchyroll in a major, major way. And essentially, this is going to go really bad because for starters, they're absolutely taking away from people being able to just get on there. And the crazy thing about this whole thing, because let's backtrack a little bit to the early years of Crunchyroll based on what everybody and their mother has told me because I wasn't on Crunchyroll at this particular time. I got onto Crunchyroll. They might have been legit already when I got onto them, but it was a wild scene back then. Because in case you don't know, Crunchyroll started off as, yes, people get ready for it. You ready for it? You ready for it? You ready for it? Crunchyroll started as a pirate site. Essentially, think Kiss anime. Think of like, you know, the ones that are essentially illegal. That's how Crunchyroll started. And now they've got to the point of being so up there, the brand itself and swapping hand to hand to hand that ultimately now they're like, yeah, we're going to forget about the crimes that we've committed back then and focus on this now. Like, yeah, because basically they're taking away and saying, no, we're, we're giving you like, no, you're, you're, you're taking away. There's like, I want to say, according to one of the top posts on Google, it says here, we are pleased to announce that we have passed 5 million paid users around the world and over 120 million registered users overall. This huge achievement is only possible because of the amazing community of anime fans backing us up. And this was said via Crunchyroll August 3rd, 2021. So essentially out of 120 million registered users, only 5 million of them are going to have access to Crunchyroll. And I definitely have a voice in this whole thing because I've been rocking with Crunchyroll and using that service for a very long time now. In fact, I want to say I've been using the service since 2011. Kind of crazy. But if you're going this direction, then wow, when you're in a relationship and things are starting to go south and you're like whoa what happened it, it was so good in the beginning you used to give me roses every day that's pretty much the relationship that it's looking like with Crunchyroll especially if somebody that's been around from the pirate era of it till now it's kind of like imagine Luffy went from hey dog I am Luffy the pirate king the man that's going to be the pirate king to all of a sudden <laughs> I'm Luffy dog and uh yeah I'm the admiral bro I'm fleet admiral up in here this is my dream you would be like Nani sore, sore wa desu not to mention on top of the fact of adding not only is he saying that but he's also saying all you pirates you're done for you're out of the water get out no more pirates in the ocean you scrubs you over there Bartolomeo stop kissing my ass get over here that's pretty much what we're looking at in this scenario and it's honestly absolutely disgusting in a major way because I understand it from a business standpoint this is very genius and, and that, that's what you would ideally do if you want to scale a lot of people are going to be like I can't afford the $4.99 a month to watch my favorite 20 anime why not so some people are going to make the jump but on the flip side of things if this backfires which you guys are going to definitely give me a lot of insight on how this is going to go based on you guys' commentary. So please, by all means, drop a comment, drop a like, definitely subscribe and hit that bell to get all notifications because in case you don't know, 65% of people watching right now aren't even subscribed. They don't even know about the greatness that we're doing here right now. Yeah! Subscribe, hit that bell, all notifications because if not, Crunchyroll is going to come to your house and cancel you and you won't be able to access your life anymore without paying for it. I don't know. I thought that sounded kind of... Seriously though, bro! My, my voice just cracked. This is wild. This is absolutely 
absolutely wild. Essentially 115 registered users, 115, I'm sorry, <clears throat> million users are kind of assed out. They're assed out like overweight people in bikinis. Now this shouldn't be offensive to the overweight community because hello, although I am working on it and that's the first step and we devote so far away from the truth of forever news of what we're doing right now. But just being honest with you, I feel like Crunchyroll has really honestly went a direction that is going to piss a lot of fans off. I think a lot of people are going to revolt against this. Imagine, realistically, 120 million. It's not 120 million, right? Like realistically, registered 120 million after it's all said and done, you know, people that don't watch anime anymore, people that don't use that service anymore, all of that jazz. How many are active of the 120 million registered? That's something to be determined, I guess. But ultimately, only 5 million are able to access it. And if you don't pay, that's where, again, I want you guys to come in because I've been paying for it so long. A part of me feels like, should I take a stand? And that's, again, where the corporations be like, yo, we got you. We know y'all love this shit too much to walk away from it. So, bam! But, again, we'll see because this story is actually developing very, very crazy because even seeing some fan reactions online kind of had me like, holy cow! Take, for example, this gentleman right here, Jet Zero. He said, yo, at Crunchyroll, this kind of shit isn't okay. There's no reason to screw over non-subscriber users like this, especially now that you're the biggest game in town. Stuff like this is what actually helps to encourage more piracy because let's get into the actual details so you guys understand just the wording in the new terms of service and what it says for the spring 2022 season and future seasonal releases crunchyroll will update our offering on simulcast titles by subscription tier to view new and continuing simulcast a premium monthly or annual subscription will be required with the exception below we will no longer be offering simulcast episodes one week after release as an ad supported free viewing option for continuing series ad supported viewing on any new episodes will not be available in line with the spring season however previously published episodes are still available to all user types to introduce our new seasonal simulcast we will be offering additional episodes blah 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 basically dog you ain't getting in here without paying period punto claro como lo hispano dice verdad mijo adia yo no yo no puedo creer como está haciendo esto ay si hablas español dice anime y manga for life por favor si yo sabes que te pone un poquito como se dice en bochorno con eso verdad está bien está bien nosotros estamos en otro año y si tú te gusta algo de anime manga nadie te puede decir nada mándalo para el carajo if you understood that please type hashtag for never spoke spanish wow yeah people this is just absolutely crazy kind of has fans a little bit like well what, what what goes here but if you're a paid subscriber you don't gotta worry about it if you're unpaid you're kind of going to have to either join up or you're screwed and i ain't gonna lie there's a lot of times where stuff like that kind of makes me wonder well i wonder what the creators you know behind the scenes think about this like in terms of the manga you know what i mean like what would the manga cut of a series that is an anime that is on that platform and fans are complaining about that happening how would the mangaka react what would their comment be kind of like jumping into the weekly shonen magazine author comments courtesy of jokes underscore ke shout outs to him we got starting off with ken wakui aka the author of tokyo revengers and he said which is absolutely hilarious that the first comment is about netflix i really enjoyed netflix's talk survivor i can't wait for season two to drop i've never heard of that is that good what, what's going on there talk survivor talk survivor that kind of sounds like the life of a youtuber i'm not even gonna lie talk survivor you're essentially surviving your whole livelihood and everything on your ability to talk and engage with your audience i love you guys thank you and that's genuine from the bottom of my heart nakaba suzuki author of four nights of the apocalypse the seven deadly sins if one's gonna put something in their bath it's gotta be yuzu right as an experiment i put some in my bath i think the craziest thing i ever put in my bath was probably just regular shampoo and conditioner i mean aside from when i was a kid and you know when you were a kid you do all sorts of weird shit but i don't really think i've ever put anything crazy and i don't even know what the hell yuzu is the only 
Yuzu I know is like Yuzu and Kadi from Bleach. You know what I'm saying? By the way, Bleach coming back. Yo, that's gonna be crazy. But yeah, I don't, I don't know what Yuzu is. And the best things I put in my bath are usually like, like to make a bubble bath lad. Although I haven't done that in a long time because I'm a grown ass man. But yeah. And I'm not saying that grown ass man can't have bubble baths. If I could, if I wasn't married to my work and married to talking to you guys about this really awesome stuff that we love called anime and manga. I'm just saying. K Urano, the author of the new manga Gachi Akuta said, Ando Hideyoshi got a haircut. It ended up being a bob cut like the members of Team Galaxy. The results was truly a close shave. I really got to get invested in that series because it could be next up, especially considering Atsushi Okubo dipped and he's the up and comer. He's the one that's taking over in terms of like, hey, he's supposed to be next. Hopefully, you know, I could get into it and see if it's really dope because, you know, he could end up being a leader like Hiromashima from Eden Zero who said RPG Maker Unite is out now. I'm totally looking forward to it. And I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, once again, Hiromashima inhuman. This man is not human. This man can't be real. Okay, there's no way Hiromashima is a real person. Now, RPG Maker Unite is out. Well, I guess it goes in line. Like, what? He just released that Eden Zero free game. So, is he going to work on the next one? And is RPG Maker Unite, is that like something that teaches you how to make RPGs, considering the fact that we know he's been in game development for a little bit now on his own personal independent thing? So, kind of makes me wonder, like, okay, where are we going with this, lad? Definitely. Especially considering we got the next comment from Blue Lock, Muneyuki Kaneshiro, and new legends are coming to take over the manga scene, especially the Sokka dude that said, if I can beat Elden Ring, then Dead by Light should be a snap. I gotta get more into gaming. Oh my god, when I hear this, y'all have no idea. Like, okay, I did the casting call in the last episode or so for Never News. I'm like, yo, dog, I want a friend. Oh my god, it would be so cool to be able to talk to some people about, like, Elden Ring, Dead by Daylight, like, actually pick it up and play it and talk to my friends about it and shit like that. Like, that'd be fire. In case you don't know, I'm a workaholic and a family guy, so it's hard to be able to get those conversations off nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you get older, it's a little bit different. When I was 19 and I started this YouTube shit, bro, it was anime and manga, not only for life, but every second of life, okay? And now it's like single dad trying to, you know, build my career and my work and, you know, going, ah! You just don't have the time, but boy, would that be freaking awesome because George Morikawa from Hajime no Ippo might agree. He might give it a swinging punch of, yo, play some video games, dog. <laughs> because George Morikawa said, it feels good to get a payout from an open Richie. I have no idea what an open Richie is. Shout out to George Morikawa. Never know what he's talking about, but hey, it's good to know that he's up and working and one day he's gonna say some big massive updates that people are gonna be like, oh my god, if I'm not mistaken, and I don't wanna get into spoiler territory, but there's a certain character that hasn't done something in a very long time in Hajime no Ippo, and I think it's talks that person might actually do that thing again in Hajime no Ippo, and he could announce it right here, and we'll break it here on Forever News for you guys. And I'm not gonna lie, one of the series that I really still am like, I suck at catching up with is Negi Haruba's Ranger Reject. The occupation section on my Wikipedia article now lists manga artist and YouTuber, and oh my god, you don't understand that. That's one of the goals right there. That's short-term goals, because I think I can actually make that happen. Like, what do y'all think? How long is it going to take more for me to be able to do something that's going to get me enough notoriety for them to say, oh, dog, we need to make a Forever World Wikipedia page. Like, oh, we need to get there, fam. I want my Wikipedia page. Don't y'all think Forever? Like, yo, I've been around a minute. Can I get my Wikipedia page so I can say YouTuber, author, musician, all of the stuff that I've done? And all the stuff that y'all don't even know I'm working on and will do. And yeah. Because I'm going to be honest with you, it is nice to get recognition. Recognition itself, to be honest with you, oftentimes can even be dangerous. Some people, they crave it so much that they do some crazy shit, but recognition, nevertheless, is really freaking awesome. One of the things that, like, I remember I was scrolling through Twitter, and I saw that it said here, from Axe, this is a contract. My smell good doesn't come free, and it said Axe and a bottle of Axe spray on there, and I'm like, yo, dog, first of all, I should be getting sponsored for this. Haha, you tricked me. You knew anime people were gonna talk about it, so you did that. Well played. Where's the check, fam? I'm, I'm talking about you, dog. Or at least reach out and say what's up. Send me some spray, son, dog. I love some X. Because 
because Axe Body Spray caught my interest with this ad that they did. And you're probably looking at it like, yo, Fenev, how does this have anything to do with anime, dog? No, Fenev is not going off the rails, dog. Come on, man. Look, look closely. Look closely. Think about. Bum, ba, da, da. You may not remember, but there was one series out there that had a ball kicking tournament. Yay, nay, remember? No, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. That is clearly inspired by the cover of Volume 1 of Chainsaw Man. If you look closely, compare side by side, that's the background. And it has in the Chainsaw Man cover, Denji in the cover with his you know, Chainsaw Man head. This one is the Axe Body Spray. So somebody down there at Axe must be a fan of Chainsaw Man and thought, hmm, how can I do this? Because honestly, this almost feels like YouTube marketing tactics, but used from a giant corporation to sell the spray, if you think about it. Because essentially, you're riding off of and piggybacking off of the idea of Chainsaw Man and anime fandom and bringing it to Axe. Hence why whoever's job in marketing is really awesome and hit me up. I love marketing. But now, nah, the point being is that, yo, this is really, really cool because you caught my interest. And I'm talking about the marketing behind it. Like, it's just simple, you know, a splash of green, orangish, red background or whatever. So it's nothing like, oh my god, my mind is blown. But it's still kind of crazy and kooky to look at. Like, yo, dog, that's Axe body spray, but Chainsaw Man background. Like, okay, like, yeah. Wait, hold on. Let me see if it'll turn me into Denji and I could get bad bitches and all of that good stuff. Bad bitches, where are you? Come on, I'm right here. Like, hey! No love? No love. No love. No love. Y'all better not content ID me for that shit. Come on now. Like, yo, dog, I don't even sound like a song. And that's one of the things I love about Chainsaw Man too is that it's so edgy and dark enough that, you know, even adults can really kind of dig in and get into it. Like, yeah, it kind of gets immature and whatnot, but even adults have that, you know, childlike side to them. Nobody completely leaves. Honestly, becoming a parent is just literally changing your perspective and stuff like that like you're still gonna have the things that you love and how you enjoy to be as a child still in there it might be dormant depending on what like brings you or not but it, it, it's still gonna be in there kind of like you know um, a, a certain series about a certain attack on titan Aaron Yeager because in case you didn't know they did not air an episode of attack on titan this past sunday and it left a lot of people like bugging out what's going on and then also on top of that we get confirmation on the episode count and stuff like that and it's just going wild because for starters it just said here again no attack on titan episode today please wait next week for the finale which that was again posted on the day of the attack on titan episode and it just said the final episode is scheduled for april 3rd so april 3rd mark your calendars attack on titan is coming to an end <laughs> i get it people all right i understand dog i know Fnev attack on titan's manga ending dog i know like i said before several weeks ago we crossed that bridge when we get to it we will get to it we will understand <sighs> the plight that we have to face i got like as who knows maybe it could be changed up but also 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 so also, like I just said, Attack on Titan Final Season Part 2 is listed with 12 episodes between two Blu-ray and DVD volumes, which, which kind of knew that already, but also it gives us a little bit more clarity in terms of more than likely we're getting a movie. I will honestly be deathly shocked if we don't get a movie or the only way we don't get a movie, here's this, right? Listen to me very clearly. The only way we don't get a movie is they go anime only direction absolutely completely to the 10th power within these next couple episodes and it changes everything entirely and they go in a different canonical direction than what the manga does at the end that's the only way we don't get a movie or some extended episode finale an hour long episode or something like that but 99% sure we're getting a film for Attack on Titan which is kind of bananas because several several years ago one of the topics of conversation for Attack on Titan fans i.e. me was the fact that 
yo, dog, Attack on Titan will be mad fire if it ended with a finale of, like, a film. Like, one of the things I always thought was with manga, that's even more cooler. Like, I really loved, and I think they did such a phenomenal job of Naruto, of them dropping those films around the time the manga ended, the last Naruto, the movie, that essentially, if you finish the manga, you are dying so bad for more Naruto because you know it's over, you're jumping to watch the last film. And then on top of that, you got the Boruto film teased at the end, you're jumping to watch the Boruto film right after because I think that using mediums and crossing and whatnot is fantastic. I want to say somebody told me, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I was told that Full Metal Alchemist, the manga, dropped its final chapter and its final episode roughly around the same time, same week or something like that. And if that's the case, that is amazing. I wish Attack on Titan would have did that. It would have kind of like, hey, we could have all unanimously had one feeling, whether it be disappointment, satisfactory, whatever it may be. If you satisfy, you satisfy, you disappoint, you disappoint. But ultimately, like, we could have had it all together at once instead of uh, the war between the manga fans and the anime fans and the, and manga fans fighting manga fans anime like it's just so wild like I can't even really give any type of criticism about the ending of Attack on Titan without absolutely having 50 Eren Yego Mikasa AVIs attacking me with Rumble Gang in their bio hashtag Rumble Gang hashtag Rumble these nuts no seriously it's like really really bad so you kind of just almost feel like I should just avoid it right like why do I want problems why do I want drama why do I want to deal with motherfuckers attacking me because hey I don't like these pages in the comic book like come on dog what are we doing here bro bottom line is this attack on titans manga ended the anime ends in a week's time everything has to come to an end similar to how like ranking of kings just came to an end with its first season now granted the manga is continuing on but for people that understand just how incredible and amazing studio wit is which they're ironically or coincidentally which word falls more appropriately for what i'm saying right now but they're from the same studio that did the first three seasons of attack on titan ranking of kings and ranking of kings in case you don't know because i never made the video because finebi slagging sometimes ranking of kings is really really good like i really really love and rock with rocking of king rocking of kings ranking of kings it's 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 awesome ranking of king fans are already desperate for season two ranking of kings may not have been on your must watch list this year but all that changed when the show went live in october 2022 which studio debuted its newest project with solid success but things evolved as ranking of kings went on the show went from being a passing interest to a full-on hit and fans are now begging for season two in light of its first finale given how successful ranking of kings had been it is hard to imagine the show ended with one season it has been a consistent member of Crunchyroll's most popular series since it dropped and audiences in china have flocked to the show to boo oh well thank god the audiences in china were able to see it considering they freaking ban everything gosh and as the manga is still being published by sasuke tokyo shout out to sasuke and he's token that's what's up though yo my dude blazed up that's how he's making the, the the manga so good that's why ranking king is awesome he's token sasuke is token though like yo sasuke with 12 volumes to date there is plenty more content for wit studio to adapt as you can see in the slides below fans are already begging for season two and their pleas won't stop anytime soon because yeah fans are really they're, they're, they're bugging out they want it wit studio will hopefully give word either way on the anime's future before long so here's to hoping season two is in the works already and yeah people i better get a season two i don't think it's going to happen immediately in fact i'm kind of wondering if we would get a season two simply because studio wit i am so worried about studio wit i'm not even gonna lie i feel like at any given moment production ig could 
pull the plug on them. I almost wish that Production IG would put all of their resources and manpower and combine it all into Studio Wit and say, screw all of that having the, like multiple studios. It's not working out. One of them is failing 5 million and the whole type of shit. Like, how about put all your resources into Wit and go from there? Because I think Wit, if it was as powerful as Ufotable and as powerful as MAPPA has been, I think Wit could easily be in those same conversations and easily have all the big companies throwing money at them. Because look at Ranking of Kings. That shit is so freaking good. It's like the art style is very simplistic, right? Based on the manga, the original manga. I've seen some of the art from the original manga. Very, very simplistic. But they made sure to take that opportunity of, oh, we don't got to do a million. Like, we don't got to draw a Super Saiyan 3 hair. That, we could just take this that looks almost like American cartoons. A simple little drawing of this little squishy kid and this little squishy goo shadow thingy majig. And let's give it the most fluid animation possible because that's a lot more easier and doable than, again, taking an anime character that has 6 million, you know, extra details all over them and trying to do something like that. So Studio Wit did the best that they could and it succeeded immensely because it's a really awesome one. Crunchyroll is loving it. I'm sure it's successful and hopefully this helps Studio Wit to get out of the hole because again, I want to say they're like $5 million it was reported in the hole and they lost Attack on Titan and I believe that it's even been, I don't know if it's necessarily 100% confirmed, but it's been put out there that Studio Wit has potentially lost Vinland Saga, which what? Like dog, how do you lose Vinland Saga? How, 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 how does that not even succeed? I, I mean, I'll be honest with you. One of the biggest things about Vinland Saga and it's a I guess a product and a, and a victim of just the era that we in right now in terms of if anime goes to certain streaming platforms because those streaming platforms aren't necessarily 100% known for anime it might not perform uh, in terms of what people would expect or it might not be visible to the people that are looking at it in the way of like oh shit it's not popping like this one is doing that is being released on this platform like for starters that even though now it's being changed because you know again R.I.P. anime it's it's all over put on your ski mask uh ultimately some platforms just don't have the anime audience and push to look visibly that like yo it's really knocking but and that could very well be what happened at the very least in north america with vinland saga we just got vinland saga finally on dvd and blu-ray i believe with was a sentai filmworks that's putting it out if i'm not mistaken so yeah that that, that could definitely be a situational thing but ultimately i'm just really going to be hopeful that we're going to get a season two to begin with and i'm also going to be hopeful that it does continue with Studio Wit because at that point that's going to kind of give it a bad name right like if we continue this path of Studio Wit starting an anime and handing it off you know what I'm saying Villain Saga started it handing it off seemingly to MAPPA Attack on Titan started it three seasons in MAPPA you can take it unless they you know start really knocking them out the park with finishing shit they're going to start getting a bad rep of fans are going to be looking at it like yo dog why am I going to invest in watching a Studio Wit product when I know that they're going to just hand it off and I might feel a certain way like don't get me wrong I think what happened ultimately with Attack on Titan, I can't speak on Villain Saga, we don't know how that looks yet for Season 2, but with Attack on Titan, ultimately, yeah, it still looks freaking awesome, and thank goodness it was Studio MAPPA, there's been some bad examples of, <laughs> this is 7 Deadly Sins, <laughs> oh my god, they fucking ruined it, it's so fucking trash, <laughs> I didn't say that one, why are you saying that for, for never ain't say that, no, because I mean, the 7 Deadly Sins <laughs> technically is in the news again, because of what, what what's going on with them, with this update of the travesty, the disgusting, oh my god, I'm not even gonna lie, I can't even understand that, that what they've really done. Like, I'm, I'm gonna keep it all the way a buck. I'm going to be standing 
front line and center and if you want to stand with me please do in the line of defense against like yo dog cgi is not going to pass okay i'm putting my arms up i'm going to gatekeep against 3d cgi animation becoming the norm i mean it technically already is because we see it sprinkled in every anime but i mean full-blown like what they're doing with the new four nights of the apocalypse seven deadly sins crossover thingy majig movies that netflix is doing it's like oh the seven deadly sins grudge of edinburgh anime film announces tristan's voice actors <laughs> who cares <laughs> no disrespect to the people that are obviously putting their times and efforts into this i honestly feel bad saying that i take it back it's not that nobody cares it's just my level of disappointment for what this looks like is very high so forgive me i being rude ain't cool but netflix announced during their stage today at anime japan 2022 the voice actors for the upcoming two-part the seven deadly sins so it's technically their branding is still as seven deadly sins grudge of edinburgh cg anime film which follows the son of the series and isn't it edinburgh lead meliotis and elizabeth as well as confirming that yuki kaji returns as a former protagonist the character design setting art was also released and we see here that that's supposed to be i guess a uh, older meliotis also that's tristan real little and then tristan in this movie thingy majig and ooh, i just see the simplicity of the cg alongside yuki kaji on the left side as an older meliotis mikako komatsu setsuna and yashime princess half demon will be voicing tristan by the way just a side note i heard yashahime really sucks like somebody a real cool girl shout outs to her i think what's her name he made something either way she told me that yo dog mm -mm. like it's trash i was like oh word that's what i heard with season two like people are just only in it at this point for the inu gang but yeah we'll be voicing tristan as a child with ayumu murase who did shoyo hinata and haikyuu okay that's dope voicing him as a teenager netflix also reconfirmed that part two of the seven deadly sins grudge of Eidenberg is coming though part one has yet to release or even have a release date because they're creating them in conjunction they're basically like hey we got money for one film but instead of making one cool looking film let's make two terrible looking films that's the way right get the freaking 3d cgi guy over here right now you better draw the most terrible most horrible i swear to god it better be make my eyes bleed that better be what the hell you do with this freaking art okay i will have nothing better like that's genuinely how i they, they, they talk. I mean, how else could you explain this abomination of what they're doing? I'm almost curious. Like, first of all, is the Seven Deadly Sins a spinoff? The Four Nights of the Apocalypse? Has that? No, I don't think it's been released yet, right? I know it's been, I want to say licensed for over here, but I don't think it's been released yet physically. I think I know digitally it's official or whatever, but physically it hasn't been released yet, so we won't really know exactly what it's selling. I want to say probably it has to be that the original The Seven Deadly Sins at the very least at its height was selling pretty well over here in the West for the time being because again sales are way higher now than they've ever been because we're kind of like in a big boom and it kind of makes me wonder what they would sell because honestly right now we actually have thanks to popular demand from you guys uh back the manga sales for the u.s the top manga sales of the u.s again it's normally a smaller list this one we only have four but i really enjoy doing this a lot of people were requesting it like yo for nev we want to know what's selling over here in the west so we can make some sort of comparisons or something uh to what is happening in japan and like yo where are we at in terms of it and realistically speaking we sell anywhere from about four to ten percent of the manga they sell and that might be even me being very generous uh for the more popular ones at the very least we usually sell like four to ten percent because it says here top manga sold in the u.s from march 6th through march 12th so this was a couple of weeks ago but this is the soonest we get them and for starters at number four we got demon slayer kimetsu no yaiba stories of water and flame and this week which this came out january 4th and it sold another 6700 this week bringing this total to ninety-seven thousand, almost a 100,000 books 
Yo, dog. A major, major win. My Hero that came out March 1st of Volume 30 with Dobby on the cover, which they have that everywhere. I'm gonna tell you right now, I, I don't want to get conspiracy theory bag on you guys, but there is a major push and there's major popularity at the same time because it was the top selling manga of 2020 for My Hero Academia. Like, I went to Hot Topic, I want to say, the other day and I was like, oh my god, why do they have Dobby volumes all over the place? Like, I go to Hot Topic for clothing, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, epic looking clothing, like mine right now that if you check the link in the description below, you could buy 20 for the hat, 40 for the hoodie, you can be in style, and you don't even gotta go to Hot Topic. Because when I was in Hot Topic, I just couldn't believe my eyes. Like, they got the newest My Hero Academia volume. They're selling manga at a, at a clothing store? But in Japan, it sold this week uh, 9,400, bringing its total in, what, three weeks? To 38,298. No, that, I'm lying, because this was only up till March 12th, so this was less than two weeks of sales, 40,000. That is fantastic. That's like 20,000 a week. Uh, then we got Toilet Bound Hanukkah Kun Volume Zero. Oh, they pulled the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero on us. Hey, <laughs> uh, with 9,812 copies. That that just goes to show you because how many people in our community? Let's keep it real. How many people? Yeah, you probably listening right now. You, I never even heard about Toilet Bound Fnaf. What are you talking about? Like, yeah, you never heard about Toilet Bound Hanukkah Kun, and it's selling almost 10,000 copies in a week. Like, that's that's crazy. That just also goes to show that there's different pockets of anime and manga fandom. I'd imagine that this is a whole genre that people love with Toilet Bound Hanukkah and I don't really even know too much about it I know that like I think that he's like a spirit in the toilet thinking like moaning myrtle or some shit it's kind of like that if I'm not mistaken but there's like a lot of sad shit like I, I just remember my niece telling me a whole bunch of stuff and just hey Timmy um, do you know when we're gonna get the next season of Toilet Bound Hanukkah and I'm like I don't know and by the way only she calls me Timmy okay I'm Fenev to ya I'm just saying I prefer to be called Fenev I like it call me Fenev or call me Berserk because number one the top selling manga of the week of March 6th through the 12th, which is not even two weeks. I'm lying. This is one week of sales uh, for the 10,000. Uh, Berserk did 10,000 sales in a week again, and it's just astronomical. March 8th through the 12th, if I'm not mistaken, 10,293. And that's for the basically the deluxe re-releases, and I expect it to be just like that moving forward because uh, with the passing of the late, great Kentaro Miura, one of the things is that it really helped to push the Berserk sales. Like, I remember I used to always go to this one store, and they would have every volume of berserk every time the moment kentaro mira passed people went crazy buying berserk and hey I'm, I'm glad at the very least they're reading it and they're reading what is what i consider if not easily one of the biggest peak fictions out there berserk man it's like it, it's otherworldly dog i gotta you can't even see it right now but i got a tattoo on my chest and probably a lot of you know that and you're like yo for you're repeating yourself dog i don't care i gotta remind you of the greatness of berserk baby because you see there's greatness <laughs> like again damn near every freaking page of berserk just looks like it's whoa you spent like a lifetime drawing that page and you no know, he, he drew it in a timely manner it's been on you know a 30 year run but <laughs> timely manner okay well, why not for it's timely we'll go with that but either way it still looked freaking fantastic however something that i just wanted to throw into the news cycle to wrap this bad boy up tokyo revengers volume 27 cover is i feel horrible i feel like i understand what you know ken wakui was going with with the patterns on the dress that looks really really cool but the coloring it just feels a little off to me at the top it feels like it was trying to go elegant but it almost came across as like even fan art to me from her facial features and everything at the top like the bottom he was very focused on getting the most sickest looking designs out there like bar none that looks amazing it's the top part that i'm like it looks mid oh my god did you guys hear what i just said play the clip back editor it looks mid 
nerd. I just said mid. I don't use mid, and I just use mid, and I called anything Tokyo Avengers mid. No, that's not right, Fnev. Wham! <laughs> oh, wow! Father, forgive me, for I have sinned and used thy words, thy not allow thy. No, seriously, though, people are like, I, I'm not a fan of this cover, considering Tokyo Avengers, almost every cover is easily one of, like, the coolest and best-looking covers out there of manga. Like, he really just knows how to draw clothing, designs, all of that good stuff. And this, I'm like, the designs at the bottom look cool, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, shout-outs to the character anyway, and hopefully Tokyo Avengers is making a, a turnaround, because it, people are just saying the most reckless things, dog. I felt like, whoa, Hiromashima's drawing Tokyo Revengers now? Because that's the vibe they were giving off the way they were saying it was just absolutely poor piss bad. And thankfully, there's some series out there that don't get that type of hate. I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. All series get some level of criticism. People saying it's overhyped. It's underrated. There's always something that people got to say about Jujutsu Kaisen. They never do that. You know what I'm saying? Jujutsu Kaisen. A lot of people really praise it. And I'm very, very grateful. In fact, it's kind of crazy that if you think about it, it's really been for top dogs that's been competing from like different, you know, publishing companies and whatnot. But right now, in terms of the top, top, it's Jujutsu Kaisen. You know, the number one selling manga of 2021 that just put out a film that has already surpassed 100 million dollars revenue and sales and whatnot like you know what i'm saying you got that dog versus then tokyo revengers that if it wasn't for that dog and if it wasn't for also demon slayer yo we gotta keep it real we already know the anomaly of demon slayer is crazy like tokyo revengers would have been the biggest it would have been number one it would have been like holy cow for the first time ever weekly shonen magazine finally came with the dub wow instead weekly shonen jump was like shueisha was like nah we're gonna you know what i'm saying we got demon slayer and jujutsu kaisen try again next time dog and jujutsu kaisen seems as though they're still pushing it forward obviously they know that there's probably a lot of interest returning interest at that for the Jujutsu Kaisen series from you know people coming from the film and all of that jazz because over there in Japan in case you don't know it's a very very big deal to re-air stuff like a rebroadcast to them is important and they'll even do new things like for example here this short image it just says Jujutsu Kaisen TV anime gets new visual for season one's rebroadcast and it looks so freaking sick Yuji Sukuna I even just took a screenshot right now I was like yo dog, that might could be my wallpaper and uh, it just looks sick and again it's like okay boom because we already know season 2 is being worked on 2023 we just had the film they're trying to keep things hot and at the end of the day also they're probably recognizing keeping it a buck with Gege Akutami if I was business partners with Jump and Shueisha right and I'm Studio Mappa and I got this Jujutsu Kaisen anime that is doing well I want to make sure it continues I would be worried about the manga's ability to keep and sustain the brand considering Gege Akutami is constantly you know falling behind or getting ill and whatnot which absolutely like i'm on gega Akutami's side on that always forget about all of it you know what i'm saying like i'm always on that side for the creators and the creatives and whatnot like they're the ones that deserve the dub but nevertheless it's still going to make it like mappa's going to be like damn yo you know there's a lot of breaks you know what i'm saying this can make at any given moment it could slow down let's keep the hype going how about we rebroadcast this not only will it keep the hype going but also people that just watch jujutsu kaisen zero and maybe they can't afford the ridiculously expensive blu-rays and dvds over there in japan and they can catch Jujutsu Kaisen now and be like, oh, so I saw Zero. This is the series. And then boom, season two is coming in a few months after that. And that's probably why they're doing this big rebroadcast. Because again, think in the West, we don't care about rebroadcasts. I could do it anytime. Over there in Japan, holy shit, they're re-airing it. Just imagine like your childhood. Sometimes a rerun would be really, really awesome. In fact, I grew up on Nick at Night reruns, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, George Lubin. Like I used to, you know what I'm saying? Like reruns was the shit. And that's why they use it as a very big thing over there. Even though once the internet really takes over, reruns will be a thing of the
the past other than hey let me go back and watch that video but yeah this image absolutely insane yuji sukuna looks freaking incredible and i gotta ask this question right now is it just me or has the streaming era of anime and manga brought forth just some of the most chaotic problems and definitely a lot of bad things for the industry and the fans don't get me wrong we're in an era right now with anime and manga that is just like yo dog i'm gonna keep it real with you i never thought we would come this far it's honestly like to quote biggie from juicy you never thought anime would take it this far i just didn't but then in come all the big corporations and oh my god everything is going crazy and i'm just right now like yo things is bad things th 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 things is bad no for real people it's like one thing after another and this is just another case of demonstrating why the streaming era is going to be a turbulent one it's not going to be smooth sailing because the fans continue to keep on getting that butt whipping when it comes to oh snap now this things is crazy in the world of anime and manga netflix is wilding out so many crazy things is happening and we're going to cover it all on today's episode of Okay, so to keep it real with you, before I started this episode, I was like, yo, dog, there's so many things happening in the world of anime and manga. Where do I begin? What to start with? And then I saw this story and I was like, that's the one. We're going to talk about this one. This is very serious and this is going to have major consequences down the road if it goes unchecked. Because in case you don't know, there's a lot of conglomerates right now. Well, not a lot. Kind of a small group, but for the most part, there's some conglomerates that are essentially competing for who's going to be essentially the king streaming service of anime. And I guess manga's in there, but not really. Nobody's competing. It's kind of like, yo, Shonen Jump app or, yeah, I don't I, I, I don't know the illegals away in melo the illegals aka getting your one piece on you know what i'm saying i don't know how much more i can be with that one transparency come on but there's some serious competition out there right now i mean we've already covered multiple times here on forever news that sony has bought into one of the biggest conglomerates over here in the west in particular the showrunners of licensing anime and bringing it over here to the western audiences funimation and crunchyroll sony got them under their belt then you got netflix entering the picture and grabbing exclusive rights that jojo's bizarre adventure fans are like yo i mean i first i thought it was gonna be a great thing i was like yo dog <laughs> okay netflix is entering the ring they're gonna stop you know the monopoly that is occurring right in front of our eyes as all of these companies become one boom here we go and then here comes capitalism i am here yeah essentially everything is just going in a disarray and this could have consequences for the future that maybe the series that they're affecting right now might not be the most important to you although i know millions of people it's important to but i'm just saying eventually this could affect you and you might get a little bit ticked off you might be like yo dog really what's going on here so let me warn you of what is happening right now with Netflix and what they're doing and the dire consequences is going to have. Because Netflix is quickly becoming an issue or I guess you could say whether it be a positive or a negative is how you view it. But either way, Netflix is ultimately becoming a big staple in the anime industry now. In particular, one of the biggest acquisitions they did that just cemented them is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. They got the exclusive rights to the point where Jason DeMarco from Toonami is still looking at them like, you really did that to us, dog? We were airing it first. Why are you playing with us? Shout outs to DeMarco. I feel your pain, dog. They be doing some wild stuff out there. But nevertheless, it was a giant acquisition that kind of left all of us like, wow, they really aren't playing anymore. Because initially, Netflix started off and I was just kind of like, oh, you got the Adventures of Sinbad. Cool beans, bro. I'll watch it and then I'm done because y'all don't got no more stuff. Fast forward a few years later, here we are. And yeah, they got all of JoJo's. And you're probably thinking, well, okay, for now, so what? They got JoJo's. They already put out like a big batch. And what I thought initially as well was, yo, dog, we, we, we get to marathon this all in one sitting, a nice giant amount of episodes. And then as the press releases kept going, it was like, oh, okay, we get to marathon a good chunk of episodes by the time. But at the very least, every 
few months we're gonna have the episodes it's gonna be great oh um the new announcement what because essentially netflix wants you to stay subscribed forever based on what they're trying to do because yeah no normally and maybe you don't that anime usually is released weekly episodes come out weekly netflix's model is very different it's a stark contrast essentially you get a ton of episodes at once however netflix they like to make money and they like to use what is brought forth to them and they were like yo dog instead of dropping like 38 40 something episodes of part six at one go or even dropping for that matter what i thought would have been okay-ish 12 episodes every few months like every three months or something like that no we're gonna give them 12 episodes a year so dog you're telling me we went from jojo fridays to 12 episodes a year jojo wh what yes people because there was some positive news and initially when i was writing my notes down for this episode i was like oh great stuff jojo's is returning they made the announcement finally i was like boom okay the unofficial weekly shonen jump twitter account said jojo's bizarre adventure the animation will be holding its 10th anniversary with different projects and information on april 4th i was like let's go it's jojo time we're getting more episodes this is about to be bananas maybe part nine is coming too all sorts of stuff and i was like boom because then they also put out jojo's bizarre adventure Stone Ocean TV anime episodes 13 through 24. Key visual. Essentially about, you know, 12 episodes and the visual looks freaking insane. Jolene and the entire crew and I'm so freaking hyped. I ain't gonna lie. I love part 6. I don't understand the hate and the down talk about it simply because there's a female lead. Like, don't get me wrong. I get it. Things you may get annoyed about. The woke culture. You may get annoyed by right wing extremists. Whatever it may be. And please, for the love of God, if I offended anybody that wasn't my intent, I'm just trying to show different levels of things that can, you know what I'm saying? Honestly, I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I just kind of lost my train of thought as i was trying to explain that because i'm like yo politics getting me nervous let's get out of here let's go back but anyway it just it looks really really awesome this is a clean image this might be my new wallpaper but then <laughs> the devil's in the details my lord the devil's in the details because the announcement right now is looking very very sus it says here jojo's bizarre adventure stone ocean anime returns to netflix in fall 2022 worldwide while fans of jojo's bizarre adventure can't wait to jump back into a florida prison that's so wrong to say oh my god daryl harding i know who you are dog we hung out before you know me dog why it's gonna be a few more months until the next part of stone ocean pops up with a stage event for the series at anime japan 2022 confirming that the second part of stone ocean will be hitting the streamer worldwide in fall 2022 a new trailer and visual for the series was released to coincide with the news part two of jojo's bizarre adventure stone ocean will contain episodes 13 through 24 and will launch at once in fall 2022 around the world on netflix ahead of its broadcast on japanese televisions which is scheduled for some point in 2022 the series follows jolene kujo as she goes to prison for a crime she didn't commit set 10 years after the events of jojo's bizarre adventure golden wind the first part streaming on netflix and you're probably like okay for now yo dog you're getting more anime what, what, what what's your beef what's 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 the problem the problem is realistically come on dog you could have given us at least if you was going to do the whole break thing you know how they do on tv when like with part three for example and i can't remember if part four and part five did the same thing but part three it was two parts you had 25 episodes take a break 25 more next year like that instead they gave us 12 and it's like yo wait a basically year because we got it in december we're getting in fall so maybe a little less than year about three seasons over but it's still ridiculous at the very least they should have gave us 24 boom and then we wait for the rest or something along the lines of that it just feels like are they gonna milk it out because then that means another year basically they're trying to make it so that in other words because i feel like i'm beating around the bush they're gonna make you subscribe all year long for more jojo's so essentially you would have to be subscribed to netflix for like three or four years for jojo's obviously now you can be one of those people that are crafty you can be smart you can be somebody that's in the know and thinking ahead of time writing even reminders down cancel netflix on 
on X date, plan it out, basically say, yo, dog, if it drops on X date, I am going to watch it on X date, and by three days later, I will be done with it, and cancel Netflix is something that anybody would do, and I'm not saying to cancel Netflix on purpose because of anything other than, hey, if you're not gonna watch anything else on there other than JoJo's, then that's probably what would be the best thing, right? I mean, for crying out loud, 50 Cent says it all the time. If you look at him on Twitter, he's like, my shows on Stars is done for right now. You know what to do. Essentially saying, cancel Stars until I'm back, baby, and that's pretty much what I guess you would ideally do, because if not, thinking about the price of Netflix right now, imagine how much you would be paying for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as you're waiting for each part if you stood subscribed to Netflix for the entire freaking year, and a lot of people will. A lot of people are going to be continuing on, not realizing that they're being charged or not really thinking too much about it, and next thing you know, you just paid X, Y, and Z for one show that you're going to watch on there, because some people, they don't want to watch Netflix. They're like, I only go on there because that's the best way and easiest way to get JoJo's. I don't care about anything else on there. What about those people? Uh-uh. So I'm just kind of looking at it a little bit like... <sighs> This is problematic because if they're trying this with JoJo's, which is a very big IP right now, don't get it twisted. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, humongous fandom. If they're trying this with this IP right now that they just started, they just really launching off. Netflix is really starting to become a staple now in the anime industry. Then what happens next? What if, you know, some terrible catastrophe happens and like a big new title or a couple of new titles of jump stuff that you really love? Like imagine Chainsaw Man was a Netflix exclusive. I would go down to Netflix and be like, yo, y'all not doing this to me right now, dog. What? I call my him at that point though like yo get him get him get him get him right now what are they doing you see what i'm saying like it's bad enough we're already waiting for chainsaw man just being honest with you because map was taking time but eh, take the time that you need in order to get it right but either way we're waiting a long time imagine that imagine an, uh, another one imagine like if i don't know there was a naruto sequel down the road and it was funded by netflix and it was only the way to watch it is to go to netflix and they're doing it like that imagine i think you would be pretty ticked off which by the way oh my god i found out something is really really horrible right now holy shit did y'all miss that well for starters it's the fact that you're not subscribed what are you doing 65 percent of people right now watching aren't subscribed and those people right now i would really appreciate it and it would benefit both of us if you would hit that subscribe button and hit the notification bell so you get all notifications when we drop new episodes of forever news on here uh we're doing a bang up job and it's a really pretty awesome show just check the comments you'll understand what i mean but also i've made a grave error because have you noticed something is wrong here in case you didn't i'm gonna tell you right now <sighs> much better there we go seriously though folks jojo's bizarre adventure in case you don't know now you know that the next batch of episodes that we've all been waiting for won't be coming until fall 2022 and it just doesn't feel right i ain't gonna lie especially i know the fans that have been watching it those jojo's bizarre adventure fridays jojo fridays like yo dog from jojo friday to this no go no bueno and it could happen to your favorite series if it keeps on going with this trend of netflix being heavily involved in the anime industry but then we also got the flip side of things where if sony completes its monopoly because sony right now of course as you may know again like i said is on that pace they got funimation they got crunchyroll aniplex is in there it's a lot that they're gathering up and and since I film works just sold to AMC, the anime industry right now is so wacky. I couldn't have called that it would be like this uh, quite a few years ago, especially considering it wasn't big money to be, you know, an anime and manga running business. And now it kind of is. So shout outs to all of that. And uh, no, 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 no. Why I said shout outs? What? But you know, it can't run like this forever. Eventually, all things must come to an end. Good things, bad things. Nothing is forever. Hence, for never world. Because eventually one of these conglomerates are going to fall. It's a matter of a time. It's a matter of when. It could be 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Eventually, something will happen and change and one of them will be essentially ended out of existence, canceled, stopped. Kind of like what just happened right here with Shonen Jump and a series that I'm just kind of like, yo, dog, Shonen Jump, really? Really? This is what we're doing here right now? It's just non-stop? Because after I heard this news, I was just there like, yo, dog, really? I ain't gonna lie.
lot. I know I'm repeating myself. Really, 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 really. In case you ain't been following, it's been already established that My Hero Academia is ending, right? Like, we, we already knew that. That's not what this one in particular is about. In terms of, we know that Horikoshi is wrapping it up. He said in one of his latest author comments, or I believe it was actually at the end of Jump Festa 2021, he was like, yo, dog, uh, this manga is, is, is about to end. Now, why did I make him sound all nasally like that? He was like, yo, dog, I'm gonna finish this, okay? Like, a year from now, we might be done. If not, I'm gonna be saying the same thing that we might be done. And again, it sounded to me like a contractual thing. I don't know. That's just my hypothesis, my theory, my thoughts, my Fenever sauce. Yo, dog, once we get up there and we're like really, really successful, we're gonna do a Fenever sauce. And I'm gonna invite like some of my favorite viewers that comment all the time. I'm gonna be like, yo, dog, come try these sauces. And I'm gonna pay whoever gets the best sauce that gets us in stores. And we got that Fenever sauce. So look out for that. Keep watching me. I got opportunity for anybody that got love for your boy. But apparently there's not more opportunity for this series because according to this, the unofficial weekly Shonen Jump account on Twitter said that another part of My Hero is coming to an end. And you're probably thinking like, yo, Fenev, what else? What else could Horikoshi knock out of our existence? We already know My Hero's ending. The latest arc seems like it's being rushed to high hell of what's going on right now. What could Horikoshi, what could Kohei possibly do? Well, I guess this is just something that is a byproduct of the main series ending because according to the unofficial weekly Shonen Jump Twitter account, they said, Vigilante, My Hero Academia Illegal, spinoff by Hideyuki Furuhashi, and Betten Court is reaching its climax. A special two-page feature has also been published in Weekly Shonen Jump issue number 117. Essentially, the My Hero Academia spinoff that's been going on for a long time that a lot of people actually say is better than the main series, which is kind of crazy to hear. Like, yo, the, 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 the spinoff is what? Yeah, people, I, I, I kind of hear that. I hear that around the way that it's actually like low-key feeling better. But here's something else, right? Because I've been hearing rumors, whispers, a little bit of a murmurings around the way that My Hero Academia Vigilantes might actually potentially, and you ain't hear this from me and it's just a rumor, so don't say this, but I kind of heard that My Hero Academia Vigilantes has an anime on the way. I kind of, I, I, I heard that. I don't know if it's true or not. I, I kind of heard that. So if My Hero Academia is ending and then we got Vigilantes potentially coming with an anime as well, and there's still like another season or two of My Hero in order to wrap it all up, then it looks like the future of the series might actually be Vigilantes because remember, there's a lot of chapters of Vigilante and that also means that there's more than likely going to be an ongoing potentially manga for one of these because if My Hero Academia ends by the end of this year and now Vigilantes is reaching its climax probably both of them ideally would end around the same time unless there's going to be something else that's going to be used to promote one or the other because they ideally usually always like to do that and especially if they're going in this era of what Demon Slayer did and worked very well of hey let's end the source material the manga and keep the anime going and then boom we'll do it that way because in the past it was the exact opposite and I always say that and I'm always like we're in strange times like up is down down is up where I'm looking at it like yo dog what so let me get this straight now y'all are cool with ending the manga even if the anime isn't done yet and y'all just keep the anime going I mean it's working for Demon Slayer so there's a fact that it works and I wouldn't be surprised if again a lot of series go that route like Marshall might not be able to do that maybe it's going to be because Marshall might end up again I don't know why I feel Studio Piro is just there like we got Marshall like if they do oh my god or Toei oh my god no nah I ain't gonna try to hate on them that much but damn as a matter of fact I want you to comment right now here's a very big question which studio right now you think would be the one that would actually get Marshall would it be Piro would it be Toei which like who would get my honestly I think Marshall really falls into Piro or Toei in terms of like you can make that episodic in terms of that you can stretch that out in terms of that it feels like it could go a very light direction if need be because it's kind of a slapstick comedy very funny action shonen gag thingy but either way my hero academia vigilantes coming to an end and honestly it almost feels like a shame because again it's like yo so if this is better than my hero from what fans tell me and they're ending that now too what's going
going on here? It could be that again, we're being ushered into a new era. And again, the My Heroes and everything that this era stood for, it's their time to move out. Like, honestly, things are going faster. Just because Naruto, Bleach, and that One Piece Big 3 era, I know One Piece is still going relaxed. We're in a joyous time, boy. Yeah. But just because that era lasted so long, you know, Naruto went from 99, I think it started the manga. It went from like 99, or was it the anime? It was 97. Somewhere around there. Like, just because Naruto went from like the late 90s all the way till 2014 doesn't necessarily mean that this era is going to, especially considering we're at a different attention span where everything is going so fast. It's probably going to be a fraction of the time for an era moving forward. So then this next era, which is ridiculously fast, like, you know, Demon Slayer manga has been over now for two years. That's kind of crazy to think about it. And it's still going. And it's like, what? I guess it's all going to just depend on sales, right? And what's the more monetarily feasible? Because if My Hero Academia Vigilante would have been selling like astronomical, they might have actually let it last a little bit longer. But no, again, that would be flawed with, you know, the whole Demon Slayer situation because sales are important. Just like the top 50 best selling manga of the week segment that we're talking about right here. It's kind of crazy because volumes is jumping off left and right. And number 50, we got Kawaii Nante Kitena, volume four, 13,416. It looks like some sort of shoujo-esque series. Then we're going to jump all the way up from 50 to 45. We got Blue Box, volume four, 14,408. And this is the biggest achievement right here, right? We're looking at 17 day total, 100,503. If you hit six, figures as a manga early on like this 17 days a little over two weeks uh yeah blue box is next up in terms of being that romance slash sports series blue box i want to get into it man i used to be into the romance series that they hadn't jumped for a while you know the uh nisekoi moving forward to number 42 though the underdog volume four within 17 days 112,593 bringing in 14,765 this week and yeah again in 17 days over 100k that is fantastic in four volumes it's pretty much just slightly over blue box and the doesn't have the big promotion that Blue Box does because Don the Don is in Jump Plus and Blue Box is in the serialized Weekly Shonen Jump magazine. So big difference and shout outs to Don the Don. Obviously, there's also the factor that we do got to play into account that Don the Don is more of a broader audience. It's an action crazy series and Blue Box is romance. So it cuts it off. Okay, okay, okay. That doesn't change the fact that My Hero Academia Volume 33 came in at 39 with 14,915, bringing his total to 726,285 copies sold. That's since February 4th. So in almost two months, 726 that's definitely a little bit of a slow up maybe i don't know or maybe on par it kind of feels in the middle either it's on par maybe a little bit slower than normal either way i don't know maybe i'm thinking of other volumes because yeah is my hero academia really like a 1 million volume selling type of series off the rip yeah i don't think it's been it's still great sales for the most part my hero academia doing that i remember back in the days when like the other generation was slowing down i remember like fairy tale naruto and bleach would be like around that ballpark of doing like 300,000 first week or 200,000 like it would be around there so that's pretty much where my hero academia's hype is right now kind of like where fairy tale and them were back then and i know you probably hate on fairy tale but i'm talking about strictly numbers not about quality numbers because fairy tale was popular it was so popular to the point that number 37 is fairy tale 100 years quest volume 11 the spinoff series with 15,668 this week with 46,342 sales total in 12 days that is freaking awesome so it did 15 in a week and 46 in a total that's great again it's a spinoff series that hero is only writing and somebody else is drawing shout outs to them then we got at number 35, Kingdom Volume 64, collecting another 17,551 sales, bringing his total to 595, almost 600,000. It's Kingdom. It's one of the best-selling manga without a real heavy push of all time. Think about it. Like, it never got that heavy push. Even the anime, it's still to this day. I never hear about, yo, uh, put on that Kingdom anime, dog. Put that... No, I don't hear that. I'm sorry. I, I don't. I hear about put that Kingdom manga up, you know, read it. I, I don't hear about the anime. Never. No, unless it's the company that licensed it that they're like, yo, we paid all this money for this shit. We got to push it somehow. Do something. Next thing you know, there's going to be like some sort of big 
massive scandal that they use as a front in order to get like some publicity onto it. Like, yo, dog, the director of the Kingdom anime did something crazy. He got naked and ran into a woman's bathhouse. Actually, I take that back. In Japan, that would be frowned upon. Over here, we would probably be like, yo, that's crazy. Oh my god, I gotta watch Kingdom. Let me not get political or talk about geographical. Just nothing of that sort. Although, I guess I do want to get a little geographical because Jujutsu Kaisen Volume 18, way past the Shibuya incident. Haha, I connected that there. Came in at number 34 with 17,716 sales, 1.892 million total. And again, at 34, and this came out, wow, this came out a while ago. This came out, what, December 25th? That's freaking nuts. This came out at Christmas and it's still freaking selling. Almost 2 million, 100% will hit 2 million within maybe another couple months at least. Marshall Volume 10 at number 33, 17,890. Again, over 100,000, 17 days sale. It's looking like, okay, to be in the ballpark of what Shonen Jump wants and whatnot, you probably gotta sell about 100k within three weeks time more or less that's what it's looking like to me in about three weeks time to be a big dog right now we're gonna classify it this is going to be our metric from now on moving forward if you can sell 100,000 copies within about three weeks i'm gonna give 21 days if you go over that i'm sorry no in 21 days you gotta sell 100k in order for you to be considered a big dog we're gonna do it like the music industry baby but we're gonna give you three weeks three weeks you're up and coming you're ready to blow because then going to places 30 through 21 we got mile volume 12 at number 27 the newest series from the author of Inuyasha, Rumiko Takahashi. And in four days, 21,994. So 22,000 in four days. That's about like a little over, that's what, 60% of a week. That's not too bad. I guess in a full week, it may have done, what, about 40 to 45? I'm going to guess. That's pretty cool. But you could definitely see that Rumiko Takahashi since Inuyasha has not been able to get another banger at that level. Like Rumiko Takahashi has had two or three different series now at this particular point. It was Rine, Mao, and I'm not sure if there was something in between. And then of course, Rumiko Takahashi is doing the character designs for the Yashihime anime, but Mao is their latest work, and Rumiko Takahashi is not really jumping off the pavement with this one, at least this far in, and doesn't it have an anime on the way, or has the anime come out? I don't I don't even know. It ain't no Inuyasha, though, I'm just gonna say that right now. It ain't no Inuyasha, and it never will be. Not that it needs to be. Then we got at number 25, Soso No Free Aaron, Volume 7, Limited Edition, so that was a limited edition. That means the other volume did way more. 22.6, not bad. Then we got at number 21, Dr. Stone, Volume 25, 26.947, 185,000 and yeah this is going to be the last year so celebrate it while you can of Dr. Stone by next year don't expect for it to be on this list unless a volume comes out at the tail end of this year that will allow it to be included in next year's sales but Dr. Stone for the most part is probably going to go dormant at this point unless something else I'd imagine Boichi and Richiro Inagaki sensei are going to be going off to do different things but yeah Dr. Stone being over 2022 will be the final hoorah Dr. Stone year and it's crazy because it's been like what Dr. Stone ran for about five years right like crazy because then at number 15 Tokyo Avengers volume 26 with 31,520 is still doing very very well with 864,795 total and that one came out oh my goodness when did that come out that came out February 17th so yeah well over a month and a half and uh almost a mil it'll hit a mil before we leave and I ain't gonna lie I'm so happy that I'm covering this right now because at number 14 is Hajime no Ippo volume 134 and for some reason I really dig that cover art that looks so cool and is that Ippo with a towel the fighting oh my god only Ippo fans know right now what I'm thinking only you guys know what I'm thinking right now like Ippo is he in the ring like I'm not caught up so I don't know but either way uh, this cover is crazy four days almost 40,000 uh well deserved it would have probably done 50 something maybe 60 uh in, in a full week but holy cow baby that cover I've never read the Ippo manga past maybe like five to ten chapters after where the anime left off just because I was very very interested but I never read the Ippo manga oh my god do i want to read it and whoa there's another volume of 
Four Nights of the Apocalypse already at number 13, Volume 6, with 42,000 four-day sales. Holy cow, didn't they just put out a volume recently? We were just talking about it, Volume 6. Holy cow, 42,000. Still doing pretty good, I'm not going to lie. 42,000 is not bad at all, especially, again, it's a spinoff. I got to keep on saying it. Like, when you look at it, it's doing better than the Fairy Tale spinoff. Now, granted, obviously, Hidomashi was working on a whole other series, so even his own fan base themselves got to be split. There's like, yo, am I a Fairy Tale 100 Quest fan? Am I Eden Zero fan? And then there's people like me. I'm kind of in the middle. I kind of rock with both. I'm not caught up with either of them, but I like both of them. I've read a good chunk of both of them. They they both awesome. But I probably would honestly say where it stands right now, I might more so be leaning towards Eden Zero just because I like the more refreshing idea of, hey, it's it's new. It's not Fairy Tale continuing, and Fairy Tale had a lot of problems. But I remember what I read of Andrea's Quest, and I'm going to tell you right now. I've said it, and I'll say it again and again and again and again. It was actually really good and way better than Fairy Tale ever was. So there's that. Like the top ten, and oh my god, for starters again, Takopi's original sin. Why does that look like Aladdin from Magi crying with fifty? 56,000 sales, 132,000 total uh, in 17 days. Not bad at all, but oh my god. Easily, easily, easily. <laughs> Number 8, Fire Force, volume 33. 60,000 pretty much. 59,104 in 4 days, and that's easily the best cover of everything that I've looked at in this entire top 50. Oh my god, is that Shinra? Is Shinra upset? Holy cow, that looks freaking dope. Uh, Wow, 60,000. Honestly, I feel like sometimes Fire Force was underrated. It should have been like doing 6 figures and sales and stuff like that but then we got number seven kaiju number eight volume six with uh weekly 66,956 in the week and 501,044 copies in total so already half a million in 17 days definitely lower than some of the other previous volumes i remember some of the previous volumes this was doing like i think it did like 700,000 in its first week or something so a little bit lower interesting though shumatsu no valkyrie volume 14 70,938 awesome stuff there that's really dope for again record of ragnarok considering everybody was shitting on that anime but the anime didn't slow it down at least blue lock volume 18 80,000 blue box i understand you're trying to come for that throne but blue lock got it on down pack right now so shueisha you might have stretched out haikyuu a little too long you probably should have get another sports romance series popping before you end the haikyuu because i think blue lock is still going to own the throne of this like they might have the yu yu haka show or some shit but blue lock is going to be the dragon ball z of this romance era kaguya sama love is world volume 25 with 85,677 copies that cover looks really dope slime series bringing in almost 90 and number one soso no frier in volume 7 165,983 and in four days sales that's freaking crazy that's the number one selling manga and this has been a very very interesting top 50 best selling manga especially some of the stuff that like holy cow that epo cover i'm just saying and fortnite's getting another volume already kind of crazy but best cover hands down easily fire force volume 33 it's crazy it's really over like we we live in a world now that fire force is done as much as i've talked about and covered it and uh well i didn't cover it that much but i talked about it a lot in my personal life okay i i know i should have covered it more leave me alone because i mean regardless fire force still did its thing it still rocked the house it still brought in pretty freaking awesome sales but still gonna throw out regardless a shout out to fire force because it did great man it did great in sales it was a top 50 seller constantly similar to another series like jujutsu kaisen i just found out and i was like holy cow and this is probably why they decided you know the big wigs down at shueisha and shonen jump and just in general everybody involved they were probably like yo dog this new generation kind of busting already you know what i'm saying the, the new generation busting they kind of doing very very well very very quickly and they're ending things and we're having to spend less on budget 
and everything like let's just move on and that's probably again why we're getting stuff like my hero academia moving maybe hodakoshi isn't a priority over there in shueisha anymore like he once was maybe this generation they're not getting treated like they used to be because you got the big dogs like demon slayer jujutsu kaisen and all these other ones that they're coming in and they're selling hundreds of thousands of volumes immediately they're not doing the artist development part where it's like hey they gotta grow first they're gonna do 20,000 first and then 40,000 and then 60,000 like no they're jumping straight away and doing doing <laughs> what the fuck and doing hundreds of thousands of copies and right now it just dropped a bombshell about Jujutsu Kaisen sales that I was like oh we already left stuff like My Hero Black Clover and everything else Dr. Stone you name it a lot of them in the dust and it, it goes even further because Jujutsu Kaisen just recently revealed that it has reached 65 million copies in circulation that is nuts okay Jujutsu Kaisen started in 2018 so you do 2018 now and probably less than four years Jujutsu Kaisen has sold 65 million copies of the manga has a 100 million dollar selling film Jujutsu Kaisen Zero has a giant freaking season one anime that got millions of people involved in it it has just done insane things in only four years and now 65 million copies in circulation that's crazy I'm curious though is Jujutsu Kaisen gonna be the number one selling manga of 2022 as well like it was last year it's gonna be a little bit different obviously Demon Slayer has to have slowed down right volume sales wise like how many more volumes can you sell of the same stuff considering there's nothing new really about Demon Slayer like Demon Slayer doesn't put out new stuff anymore minus you know novels and stuff like that so maybe the novels can give it a boost or whatever but unless they put out like I don't know one or two volumes of some new stuff of Demon Slayer Jujutsu Kaisen doesn't have to worry about that it may have to worry about Tokyo Revengers but I don't know how much because Tokyo Revengers also has slowed down so it's gonna be an interesting year I think a lot of Kodansha titles interestingly enough are going to be making up some of the biggest sellers I think we might be who knows going into a different direction where Kodansha can actually really compete neck and neck now because they got big dogs like Attack on Titan which they're gonna still bring something man it's not gonna end there trust me they got Attack on Titan they got Tokyo Avengers they're gonna do something with the IP there maybe it'll be another delinquent that can use the power that Takamichi has like they're gonna figure something out Kodansha has titles and then now we got the new ones like what we talked about in the top 50 best selling manga of the week segment yeah but Kodansha is really a problem like the top 10 best selling manga of 2022 I can almost guarantee we're gonna see titles like Soso no Free Eden we're gonna see like stuff that I don't know if they're Kodansha or not I don't know what publishing company they are but the slime series manga adaptation like there's gonna be a lot of variety in the next one don't get me wrong I still think that the top five are probably going to be somewhat similar in nature like one piece might be definitely in the top 10 I'd imagine but you know we're gonna see probably Jujutsu Kaisen either one or two or three we're gonna see Tokyo Revengers somewhere in the top five probably one two or three Demon Slayer probably will be the top 10 maybe even five depending on what they count and if anything is released this year so I'm looking forward to the top selling manga especially when you got Jujutsu Kaisen at 65 million means it sold even more millions this year it's gonna be a crazy year with 2022 in sales and Jujutsu Kaisen 65 million sales four years dog he came he saw and Gege Akutami done conquered it all we're in a new era where the new guns are blowing up faster than any of the previous generation they're blowing up to heights that have never been seen before in terms of like yo you did it fast because some of the predecessors like One Piece for example while successful and still to this day doing crazy things that has never been done before it took a while for a series like one piece to get big and that's why one piece right now is constantly celebrated even in a segment like this that has multiple news segments that they pretty much are doing like a one piece convention at this particular point because we got a lot of one piece right now that was just announced including gaming stuff including the movie including just a lot of things like for starters in the gaming realm one piece odyssey video game has officially been announced for 2022 and Hiro oda had a message about one piece odyssey i thought to myself 
Wasn't it like three years ago when I designed the characters? Meaning this game has been in production at least three years, possibly even more. Ha ha ha. But when I actually saw the game, wow, it felt like I was watching a movie. What incredible immersion. And honestly, when I saw the trailer, because I did take a look at it, it looks dope. Kind of reminds me a little bit of World Seeker, but less constrained or, you know, it was like World Seeker. It was open world, supposedly, but it felt like a kind of bootleg open world in a way as much as you could walk around and stuff like that. But I'm interested to see what this does, because according to this, it says Bandai Namco Entertainment reveals new One Piece Odyssey PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, IS, PC game. The One Piece News, News Cool Online live stream revealed on Monday a new game for the franchise titled One Piece Odyssey for PS5, 4, Xbox Series X, S, and PC via Steam. The game will launch in 2022. The live stream unveiled a trailer which previews a new character. ILCA, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, is developing the JRPG, and Bandai Namco Entertainment is producing it. Original manga creator Eiichiro Oda is credited for the original story and character slash monster designs. Motoi Sakuraba, Tales of Series, is composing the music. That's really dope. The Tales series is awesome. The One Piece manga centers on Monkey D. Luffy, an aspiring pirate who, like many other pirates, dreams of claiming the legendary One Piece treasure. And yeah, it looks really, really dope, and I'm excited because I ain't gonna lie. One Piece games, they don't drop a million of them over here at the very least that I really get into anyway, but when they do, some of them be really dope. Like, Burning Blood was kind of eh, Burning Blood was eh, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't really all into that. I've kind of had my fill of Pirate Warriors, I'm not gonna lie. The four Pirate Warriors I've been released, I've gotten each one of them. I think I bought the first two in Japanese, the third and fourth one I got in English, and I'm not the biggest Dynasty Warrior fan nowadays. I ain't gonna lie, I'm just kind of like, eh. World Seeker again was pretty dope, and I had a blast playing with my nephew, actually. Now I think about it, I got some fond memories with this. I don't know, maybe this game is gonna be absolutely fire, one of the greatest games of all time when it comes to One Piece, because, yo, One Piece be having some, some gems, dogs, for the Wii. Oh my god, what is it? One Piece Unlimited Adventure or something like that? I love that game so much. But if I'm being honest, I'm really, really hyped for this video game, but I'm definitely a little bit more hyped for the upcoming One Piece film Red because of that Shank stuff, and we got more information on everything One Piece because, again, this big One Piece news convention just, like, drop bomb after bomb after bombshell. For starters, we got a new logo, One Piece's 25th anniversary logo, and it says One Piece, and it got Shanks putting on the straw hat on Luffy, and it says 25th, and it would be crazy if some plot twist happened down the road and randomly Shanks was bad. Like, how do you go against positive marketing like that with an evil guy putting the hat on? Like, what? But also, one of the big reveals is something that was kind of already hinted at. They talked a little bit about it. I remember Oda even making a quote about wanting to make a badass little girl or something like that for a, a future One Piece film or whatnot, because we got One Piece Film Red's new poster, and it says One Piece Film Red on it, and on it, it looks like, I'm guessing that's a pirate, because it's out of Jolly Roger in back of her, but it's a very, very much so looking like a modernized, westernized, or even, no, actually, I take that back because Japan be having some crazy style now, but it looks like Oda was trying to be trendy with this design because I could see, like, the younger generation, newer generation really rocking with this, like, the colorfulness, the sleeves, having, like, the rainbow-looking thing. Like, Oda really did his homework, and this was a scientific and calculated move to see if he can attract, probably, a new audience to his One Piece because think about it like this, right? One Piece film red blows up and goes mainstream outside of just the One Piece fandom that we love One Piece, like regular Ma, Pa, Joe, Greg, you know what I'm saying? Those people, like, if they went and watched that film and supported it, and it did so well and brought in a new audience, then he could continue writing his manga probably the way he wants to and continue on, but business will come. At the end of the day, Shueisha, like, don't get it twisted. They're a business. They don't care about Eichiro Oda, the man. They care about what Oda could produce. If Oda can produce the results that they're looking for, his manga gets cut 
cut short. His vision, dream, and all of our hopes get cut short. So probably he's being a little strategic. And maybe I'm off. Maybe he didn't even design this. Maybe I look like an absolute fool right now. But that's what my speculation off the rip was when I first saw this design. It's like, it's very trendy right now. I like it. I think it's cool. I think like, well, as soon as I sent this to my niece, for example, she was like, yo, that actually looks really dope. Actually, I'm going to ask my niece to draw that or draw something. Like, she's a really great artist. In fact, look at this drawing she did that I just took a picture from her sketchbook. I was like, oh my god, I got to show this. Like, this is a one-piece drawing of Luffy and Hancock. Like, that's good for a 15-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, I'm going to tell her to draw this and that might be the thumbnail for this video or a future video. I don't know, yo. You thumbnail artists are in trouble. Because according to this, and it also kind of goes into other pieces of news, One Piece delivers a treasure trove of news on Netflix series Film Red, new RPG game. It said, One Piece Film Red, the first character poster was released featuring the mysterious character that was revealed in the original teaser trailer. While nothing more was announced about the character, the Japanese text on the poster reads, Hey Luffy, stop being a pirate. Next up was the logo for the 25th anniversary. Okay, th that automatically makes me think, hmm, now if there's a connection to Shanks, right? One Piece Film Red and it's Shanks, then I kind of feel like here's what's going to happen. This is my theory of the plot. Tell me if you think I'm off on this. This little girl, whoever it may be, whether it be that she's Shanks' daughter, a fan girl of Shanks, I almost said fanboy, fan girl of Shanks, fan, fan whatever. However this character feels, they're a fan nevertheless of Shanks, right? And they hear, oh God, like, you know, the 25th anniversary logo, how there's this connection of Shanks and Luffy. Maybe one day she wanted to be his apprentice or something. He's like, sorry, I already got one. And she found out it was Monkey D. Luffy. And she's like, yo, dog, you're interfering. That's my father. That's my uncle. That's whatever. I, I look up to him. I'm supposed to be the next up from him. I'm supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? His apprentice, his student. He's my sensei. How dare you? And maybe that's why she's saying that. Stop being a pirate. You got to stop being a pirate. I'm supposed to be the pirate queen. It's my dad or something like that with Shanks. Like if that is indeed maybe his daughter, niece, something along the lines of that, that would be kind of interesting. And honestly, I could see it working depending on how it goes because again, it would almost be like Luffy versus Shanks in a weird way if that was Shanks' daughter because it's like, yo, dog, that's Shanks' daughter and you're fighting it. Again, it would be like a brother-sister bond type of thing. I don't know. I'm just, there's so many different theories that I could roll with that I'm like, oh God, how is this going to go? But I definitely think that it's going to work out for the most part, especially they've said numerous times at this particular point that this is the most involved Oda's ever been with a One Piece film, period. Like, he is really involved. So I have good faith that this is going to turn out right. I'm not so sure about this one though because Netflix right now, Netflix right now. We started this episode off talking about Netflix and here we are yet again because they revealed more of the casting from the upcoming One Piece Netflix series and this time it was Shanks. And I'm not going to lie, the casting ain't that bad, but I'm going to just keep it real with you. I don't know if, what it is, but I've lost complete hopes for uh, live actions actually being what we want or deserve or don't deserve. I, I, I don't even know anymore how to feel about it because like I said, I was actually okay with the Cowboy Bebop Netflix live action and everybody hated it and it got canceled and that was the end of it. So I'm like, yo, if that couldn't have succeeded, I am going to be deathly shocked if this succeeds. In fact, I'm going to tell you this right now. The only way this One Piece Netflix live action succeeds is as follows. I truly believe that it has to tap into the next generation of kids. It has to do two major things. It has to make us not hate it. It has to make us at the very least just be like, it exists. It is what it is. Watch it if you want. Don't watch it. Netflix will exclusively stream the live action series. The first season will have 10 episodes and Oda will serve as an executive producer. Tomorrow Studios, a partnership between producer Marty Adelstein, Prison Break, and Teen Wolf, and ITV Studios is producing the live action series. Matt Owens, who did Luke Cage, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the show's writer. Shout out to my guy Matt Owens. What it do? We gonna have my dude Matt up here at some point. Trust me, my dude Matt, he's gonna come up here. We're gonna interview him. Let me know any questions. If we do get my boy Matt up here to ask some questions, what do you wanna know about this production? Give me the goods. Be respectful though, because Matt is actually really awesome and he really wants this thing to succeed and he really loves One Piece.
Steven Maeda and Becky Clements are executive producers. And I ain't gonna lie, I'm just kind of bugged out by all of this freaking One Piece news, the video game, the live action Netflix, the anime. It's a little bit of a wait that we got for the upcoming One Piece film because I believe it's what, August if I'm not mistaken? But that's not too bad. We just gotta wait till summer, kind of like how we gotta wait for Dr. Stone's next anime installment with the special that's coming in summer because according to the unofficial weekly Shonen Jump account, they said Dr. Stone Ryusu TV anime special will be broadcasting July 2022. Ryusui Nanami's character design for the anime revealed. So this is an important character for the upcoming special, which I believe they're important overall. And yeah, they're just kind of cementing that the Dr. Stone Ryusui TV anime is coming, which it's kind of crazy because it's like, we're in such a different era. Like they even ended Dr. Stone way before the manga ended and they're continuing on with the anime. This was not done before. They flipped everything opposite. It's like less is more. But it also is kind of bittersweet. It's like, yo, we got more Dr. Stone anime to look forward to but if you've read the manga which i haven't read the manga but still it kind of even is in my mind not even as a manga reader that oh but it's over eventually there is going to be an ending and it's already cemented in stone ha 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 a doctor of stone ha 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 i've got them jokes that are just absolutely horrid lad but not as much of a joke as what they're doing with our feelings when it comes to this new serialization that i'm like yo dog i thought they were about to cancel it because it's doing bad but i don't know what they're doing because basically it was announced in weekly shonen jump magazine that aya shimon volume one has been reprinted now in case you don't know about Aya Shimon, it's the new series by Yuji Kaku, the author of Hell's Paradise, that has an anime coming from Studio Mappa right now. Like, dude, he got a, a really banging new series in Weekly Shonen Jump. However, it's been for a constant amount of times at the back of the magazine, at the bottom of the TOC. A lot of people have been like, yo, dog, they probably gonna cancel it. That and Duran Dororan. But then there's times where it's also a little bit up, like one of the last issues of Jump. I was like, oh, okay, it wasn't doing that bad for that issue, and Duran Dororan was at the bottom. So I'm like, what's happening here and then we get this announcement that despite the fact that the sales for Ayashimon aren't stellar per se I think in a month or three weeks it had about 18,000 so that's not horrible that's alright and it might have actually even been two or three weeks I forget either way it wasn't the worst thing in the world but it's still like yo dog considering it's not doing amazing in the TLC Japanese readers don't seem to be gravitating towards it I'm like Ayashimon volume one has been reprinted based on this unofficial weekly Shonen Jump Twitter post I'm like so it's getting reprinted enough maybe maybe and this is conspiracy theory time what if the higher ups at Shueisha didn't necessarily believe in Ayashimon to begin with and they ordered a very low count of prints of books to see how it does and that's why it's like yo dog you know what I'm saying it sold very poorly because maybe there wasn't that many and now they need to reprint it because they're like oh no 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 it's selling people care about it yeah it could very well be that a lot of times Shueisha sabotages themselves by like being worried that it's not gonna sell well and then like looking at it and like oh yeah it's not gonna sell well because maybe in certain areas that it would have sold well you didn't put books in there so maybe there's a possibility that Ayashimon might be one of those series that it sells books but doesn't necessarily place well in the magazine it could be that case maybe the people that buy the books aren't the ones that are supporting the magazine they, they, they might be two separate audiences in fact they are because how would somebody that reads the chapters go and buy the volumes oftentimes the average casual viewer reader they don't do that it's like us that do that the people watching this right now or hey if you're a casual viewer shout outs to you hello we talk about anime and manga all the time subscribe like all of that good stuff i got merch yeah i'm a cool dude normally i'm like yo it's gonna be a good time regardless if the new cycle is a little bit chaotic we're gonna
gonna get through this together and we're gonna have a good time overall and a good experience however i'm not even gonna lie i started this episode off a little bit not in the raw salt of the bed my lord because some of the stuff that just recently went down within the last couple of days in the anime community and just in general relating to anime i was like oh no i mean alone the first couple of stories that we have in this episode are just like wow between an absolute disgusting liar exposed and then also things getting worse for anime fans i was like you know what how do i structure this thing do i start off with the love like i normally do but then that would mean that okay oh we might have to end the episode off in a bad tone and i want you guys to watch this full entire episode and enjoy it not leave with bad vibes so i was like boom we'll get the bad stuff out first and then we'll end off in good vibes with a bunch of other cool stuff so i guess there's nothing to it but to do it right so without further ado let's jump into another exciting episode of <laughs> We gotta start things off right, okay? We gotta start things off proper. We can't just go swinging blindly, lads. Let's do it right. Much, much better, people. Which, by the way, a lot of people have been contacting me about this whole getup. And they're like, yo, dog, I wanna buy it. I have a little bit of a wait until I get paid. Can you wait a little bit? So we're gonna be extending the Forever News 2022 merch line for about another week or so. PayPal, Cash App. Yeah, there, there's instructions there. You could get your stuff in and get your merch. And with it, you can have swag, unlike some people out there, okay? You could have a little bit of pizzazz. You can be looking all stylish. You can be feeling good about yourself and not be an absolute weasel and a worm like what happened right here. Maybe you've been following me for a while, maybe you haven't, but in 2019, I talked briefly about what was going on in the music hip-hop scene, the fact that there was a lot of hip-hop artists that were naming themselves after anime characters. No, I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. In case you don't know, you've been living under the rock. There's a lot of anime character-inspired rapper names, such as this one in particular that we're going to be talking about right now, Kid Trunks. Yes, legit, his name is Kid Trunks. In case you don't know about him, I believe he was once down with XXXTentacion and his group, if I'm not mistaken, and it was called Members Only. I believe he was a part of that whole movement. He ended up being a nomination for the XXL freshman list. He didn't make it. But ultimately, that was what I knew about him. And I even tried to champion him. I was trying to support like, yo, dog, you're repping anime as you're going into hip-hop and music. That is fantastic. That is dope. I'm going to give you support. I mean, we had that other weirdo dude. What was his name again? Uh, Kid Boo that he said he was a clone. And then all that insanity came out about him. Like, we had that dude. But I was like, I don't know about him. But yo, Kid Trunk's fine. Do your thing. Let, 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 let's see what happens. I didn't think you were down with one of my favorite artists from the newer generation. Expectation. Maybe you could do something and it'll be cool. But lately, it's been down bad because unfortunately, after X passed, things really didn't go into the direction that that group probably had hoped, and ultimately, Kid Trunks really didn't blow up. That's why he ultimately did a bunch of dumb things, like what we're about to say right here. And that's well, for starters, he I believe was about to get caught or got caught and admitted to lying about having lung cancer. Somebody named Kid Trunks repping the anime community on a mainstream level to a certain degree. Any rap fans out there, anybody that may come across him, oh, Kid Trunks, that's Dragon Ball anime related. So now you're kind of connecting a bridge in a dark manner of why would you be such a piece of garbage and lie about stuff like that? Like, dude, it really hit me and honestly got me upset. And that's why I started off this video telling you guys that like, yo, dog, I'm trying my best to be positive, but I really got a few choice words for somebody that's going to lie about having lung cancer for clout, like to straight up get clout. Like I get it. People make mistakes. I get it. We're in a different era. It's hard for people. Everybody is trying to come up and all that jazz, but I don't get lying about shit like that when I have people that have passed away to cancer how dare you be a disgusting critter like that to be doing stuff like that like yo dog woo like i'm just keeping it real like it was absolutely disgusting to hear when i was starting to hear these things I was like well oh that's that's so wrong that's gross disgusting especially for somebody that i kind of had a little bit of support for three years ago but then it even got worse i don't know if you got worse because that's pretty sick and disgusting i don't know how much low you can get but ultimately he got caught lying again and got exposed or he was about to get caught and yet again came out and admitted it and i was like ew you really are terrible your name can't be kid trunks anymore you got 
gonna be, I don't know, Kid in a Trunk or something. Yeah, Kid in a Trunk is your new name. Because the next infamous lie this dude was caught in, he lied that he had got shot. I forget if it was like in the face or in the head or some shit like that. Like, he lied about getting shot and it was like, holy cow. Like, what, what, what do you mean? Because initially it came out. He said, yo, he got shot. It was like, oh my God. I believe he even posted a pictures of him in a hospital, if I'm not mistaken. And then it got stranger because sometimes reality can be even stranger or more bizarre a la Jojo than fiction. Reality sometimes can be a little bit like, oh, whoa. Because, dude, while he was up in that hospital in that picture that he took getting shot to what not, it was not anything to do with him getting shot. Actually, he admitted that he got cut with his mask. He was there for something completely unrelated to this. Got cut with the mask and then ultimately said, hey, you know, let me use this, I guess, for an opportunity. It was a terrible decision. I will give him some credit for at least coming forward. Some people, I really look at them like, wow, there's something wrong with you. And you will really stick with a lie like that. Like, imagine if he just kept lying, like there was proof footage, video of him saying that he's lying and all that stuff. And he kept on going with it. Like, I, I would really look at you crooked. I could look at you a little bit more like, okay, at least you manned up to it. But you did this twice now. You lied about some really egregious stuff. So now we got to look at you a little bit like, oh, kid in a trunk. We can't rock with you no more. You have been banished from anime fandom in general. He does not represent the anime community. And I am stamping that as an OG in anime and manga fandom. Kid in a trunk, you are banished to the Shadow Realm. Never use the name Kid Trunks again in your life. Because, dog, that's nasty, bro. You nasty. Oh, my God. I don't know what type of situation I got to be. It got to be basically like a life or death situation for a relative of mine or somebody that I genuinely care about or a child. It got to be something real, real serious for me to go to those extents. But for clout, dog, like just like you are trying to make it in music, everybody's trying to make it, right? Like I'm, I'm always trying to advance my career to the next level. Like what can I do? How can I advance this whole thing over here with Forever News and Forever World and all of this good stuff that we do over here? But I never think to myself, <laughs> I'm going to fake that I got shot into my bookshelf or oh my God, yo, I'm going to have myself pictured up with a volume of Naruto in a hospital talking about like, yo, dog, I got leukemia. I'm dying. Like you're sick. You kind of got to have something wrong. And I believe that he did go on into details to say that he's been suffering from a whole bunch of battles that he's having. And that's completely understandable that, yo, dog, you got demons. Everybody got demons. But this is some next level stuff, dog. Like you playing around about things that people are fighting for and fighting their lives. You know what I'm saying? They're fighting for their lives every day with these things. People die every day, B. And you joking around. Like I could be corny and quote Cardi and, and Offset with they do anything for clout. But I mean, it really does. Like what else do you describe this as other than they do anything for clout? You faked an illness and, and near death for, uh. And just so you guys get a clear picture of all that went down with this kid in a trunk. Kid in a trunk admits he lied about getting shot and having lung cancer. Kid in a trunk is coming clean about an alleged gunshot injury that landed him in the hospital and admits that he was diagnosed with cancer. The Broward County, Florida rapper, an original member of the Members Only Rap Ensemble, okay, so I was correct, with the late XXXTentacion, revealed via a recent Instagram Live that began circulating at some point Monday that he wasn't shot, nor does he have lung cancer. Both were fabrications, according to Kid in a Trunk. Around the time that I did what I did, I'm not trying to blame or make any excuses up for what I did. What I did was very corny, dumb, stupid, and Ouch, why are you using such language? But okay. And I can admit that as a man, he began in the live stream. First of all, I do want to apologize for what I said about me getting shot. I did not get shot. I had a seizure in the hospital and I had the COVID mask over my face and I was straining myself. So yeah, it's just so what? So you you know, you, they have metal strings in the COVID mask and it popped out and I cut myself in the chin. How does that get to you come up with? He also said, I wasn't thinking and not just that. I also have a very bad drug addiction. I felt that my career was going down. I felt it wasn't getting much love as it used to be. They say cloud is a hell of a drug, but drug is a hell of a drug. I felt that me lying 
lying about getting shot would work on my behalf, which it didn't. And honestly, that was probably the stupidest thing I've ever fucking done. And yes, I was cloud chasing. I'll admit that. Again, I gotta give credit for that. About the cancer shit, I have an abscess growing in my chest and in the back of my brain that is cancerous. The one thing I did lie about is having lung cancer. I don't have lung cancer. I have a cancerous abscess growing in my chest in the back of my brain. So why not just say that? But I do not have lung cancer. I was just off the drugs. I got my phone at the wrong time. You guys don't have to believe me if you don't want to. I've been capping a lot due to me just overdoing myself. And there's more to there. And like I said, I ranted mainly off of emotion, right? I was just really upset to hear that, you know, those lies. The kid does seem like, you know, at the very least, he's trying to take accountability. He probably does need genuine help. And I hope he does get the help and doesn't do this again. But it's... So just, ugh. I'm gonna pray for that kid. Addiction is no joke. To go to those lengths, man. But fam, there's so many different problems in the world because we just talked about that. And now we got some other stuff going on. We got an update and we got something even worse to report because you were probably thinking to yourself like, yo, dog, it's not a big deal. Because in case you missed it, in one of the last episodes of Forever News, we talked about the fact that Netflix essentially is going to be only releasing 12 episodes of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure per year for part six when they ideally could have just released it weekly. Like one of the biggest things with the JoJo fandom was the fact that it was like JoJo's Friday. So uh, initially we all thought, oh great, you know, they're gonna just drop it. We're gonna be able to marathon even if it's just like every three months. And then ultimately they were like, no, the next set of 12 episodes comes damn near a year after the first one. And it was really, really bad. However, there was a lot of people that were like, yo, Fenev, that's not my problem. Not my care. I don't care. It doesn't affect me because they're like, yo, I don't even use Netflix. Or if I do, I just go and grab my show and I cancel it and I'm out. You know what I'm saying? I don't really care. Like it doesn't do nothing to me. And I'm saying to you right now with this big update that, oh yeah, no, 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 no. It, it, it's gonna affect you. It is is already affecting you and i promise you with this news it's like unless they're really really capped which they very well could be they very well could be capped a lot of people take these companies statements and press releases at face value which is a whole other topic regarding society and how people are just so gullible about anything that is released from big corporations like corporations said it it must be real like what happened to the skeptics where y'all at because i believe yesterday netflix came out with a report saying some very very big words that uh, i kind of feel like it's hard to believe that they're actually telling the truth about this because ultimately like yo dog are people really on netflix like that watching anime because according to this press release they said that over half of their subscribers in 2021 over on netflix checked out anime and watched some type of anime and i'm thinking to myself they're like uh first of all again is that true second of all how much of that is attributed to the fact that they use their you know marketing algorithms that maybe if somebody checked out even you know a kid pressed on a cartoon one time and then it popped up with some anime and somebody was at the very least interested so i'll give them that that at the very least they were able to to have half of their customers give some type of impression type of analytics towards anime and interest and stuff like that because it says again that they watched something so they might have just clicked on something let it play for a few minutes and they're counting that as a watch but yeah i don't know how accurate that would be again into anime fandom but either way when they say stuff like that you still got to think to yourself like okay if netflix has millions and millions and millions of people on there right they're also little by little controlling the narrative in terms of they're getting the big licenses they're gaining these relationships with all these anime studios and whatnot they're really really starting to become a powerhouse at what given point do you stop and think to yourself like yo dog this is going to affect me even if i don't care about netflix like yo dog they got the big you know david production jojo bizarre venture multi-million thing to be under their house they're getting stuff like blue period they're getting exclusives they're fighting for their life against sony when it comes to the anime market because they see how lucrative and how valuable it is like there's a massive thing going down there but then you gotta look at netflix like yo dog so you're fighting right you're doing all of this wham 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 you're kind of like freaking bulgy with the sword you're trying your damn hardest but 
but then you're screwing over people and holding over these 12 episodes a year so that you know it's just really chaotic making people check in about it right at the very least because some people were saying yo Fnef, there's also a monetary gain in doing it the traditional weekly way which yeah that is true but also look at it like this they're using the tactic of saving for a rainy day when it comes to things like this and what i mean by that is joseph czar venture fans guaranteed are all coming back every time that month drops of new episodes so guaranteed every let's just say november if they decide to drop them in november i believe the next set is coming september but every time they drop those same people they're going to be subscribed at that point they may not be subscribed in between but they're going to be subscribed at that point and that's playing the long-term game i understand that some people look at it like in the no in the long term it makes more sense financially yo there's going to be some people that are going to be seasonal with our app and we can't control that the best thing we could do is to make sure that they continue to return seasonally and do things like this so that's where they're playing their game and that's where it kind of looks like well a year dog is going to take forever to get to and also i believe that would help out Araki, considering the fact that joseph's adventure which i'm going way off a topic but essentially joseph's adventure got a part nine in the works and if jojo's is being released so slow now the anime in comparison to how we were getting it rapid quick rapid quick then it'll give time for Haraki to finish part nine before we actually got to worry about will it get adapted or everything else has been adapted minus that it's like oh netflix is about to space this out for ages we're gonna be uh yeah within the next few decades coming back to netflix for more jojos this is the long-term game that i'm telling you guys because over half of netflix subscribers watched anime in 2021 remember how hard it used to be to watch anime depending on where you called home it was once difficult if not impossible to check out the latest shows it was only a couple of decades ago that people were trading dvds and before that vhs tapes and the idea of simultaneous release seemed like a far-fetched fantasy well time marches on and now anime is easy to find and watch it's now so accessible that according to variety netflix says that over half of its subscribers watched an anime show or movie last year and that's big talk over half that's impressive and a good indication that yes of course anime is indeed mainstream in 2021 netflix released 40 anime titles that's a good number but note that the streaming services definition of anime isn't limited strictly to cartoons made in japan netflix classifies japanese animated titles as well as several western animated titles as anime writes the site interesting real quick i just got to throw in right here i had to come in real quick and i was like yo dog hold on so they are also counting castlevania's streaming numbers alongside anime they are also classifying avatar as anime therefore this is kind of like yo dog it's it's a lie but also just trying to yet again build the idea that they are the home of anime half of our people watch anime which kind of makes them look a little bit better in comparison to like you know when it comes to the anime world at the very least that everybody watches anime on crunchyroll so in the anime world they are the anime people right well over here on this side netflix is like half of our people watch and the other half we got the mainstream audience we got the best of both worlds so interesting though that they're using like everything on there as like anime pretty much any type of animated western title while those viewing percentages might be impressive netflix also posted out that a whopping 90 percent of its japanese subscribers watched anime last year well the home country when you check the top 10 most viewed charts on netflix in japan it's packed with anime at the same time interest in anime has grown worldwide and more than half of our members globally tuned in last year said netflix's kohei obara at anime japan 2022 from diversifying our slate to bringing back fan favorites
efforts, we want to continue growing our members' discovery and love for anime, both in Japan and around the world, with this next chapter of anime on Netflix. And I just gotta keep it solid. Like, it's just too hard to really gauge on how well and how big is their anime audience because you don't have Avatar The Last Airbender over on Crunchyroll because it's not an anime. If it did, what would Crunchyroll's numbers be in terms of it being anime? You see what I'm saying? Like, they're not really playing fair in terms of the numbers. Obviously, none of these streaming sites do, right? All of them have their own little way of getting their numbers up and all of that good stuff. But Netflix, the way they play the game and whatnot, and even still the fact that they have like millions and millions of people. And at the very least, they're looking at it like there's some type of indication that there's more interest than ever on the platform for Netflix for anime, right? It definitely isn't like competing with what Crunchyroll houses and whatnot, but they're starting to become a craving and a wanting for anime on that platform because all of people's other favorite stuff is on that platform as well. And like, for example, One Piece, like Netflix is making a giant major push for One Piece outside of Japan over here in the West. They got the live action series that's incoming and there's just been a boatload of news. But in particular, Netflix, they got One Piece on there. They got a bunch of the anime. I don't know if it's like a couple of hundred episodes. They got a bunch of the anime on there. They got the live action in the works. They got some of the films. I believe they got, if I'm not mistaken, Strong World on the way to the platform as well. Like they actually have a diverse catalog and that brings us in. Although to be fair, I'm kind of nervous about that One Piece live action because we don't know what twists and turns is going to happen. I mean, for crying out loud, Jamie Lee Curtis recently came out and said, yo dog, I wouldn't mind being a part of One Piece and that kind of blew my mind. Actress Jamie Lee Curtis wants to be Kureha in the One Piece live action series. While there were plenty of water cooler discussion starters at this year's Academy Awards, one standout moment came from actor Will Smith when he slapped Chris Rock and we couldn't escape the memes. Oh my bad, wrong notes, my fault. <laughs> that was a... Uh... Greatest night in the history of television. Okay. From actress Jamie Lee Curtis on the red carpet. The Halloween star told TikTok red carpet host Emily Uribe and Juju Green that she has a vested interest in appearing in the live action One Piece series and would like the role of Kureha in a hypothetical second season. You know, there's that wizened old crone lady. Maybe I can be Kureha, she said. My daughter Ruby said that would be what I would play. Curtis's daughter Ruby Guest appeared on the One Piece podcast podcast last year and a listener suggested the role Guess's mother. Guess responded, my mom loves Kureha. I would be 100% for it and I honestly, since Netflix is doing the live action adaptation, I would highly recommend her to pull some strings to see if she can. I know my mom is 100% for it and Jamie Lee Curtis stated at the Oscars that she wants everyone to watch One Piece and that is she is so ready to play Kureha in season 2 and it sounds like maybe she unless she was really reading off some sort of script because she wants to get involved and this looks like a really good check or maybe she is a One Piece fan who knows or you know she was fed these lines you just never know nowadays I don't trust nobody I don't be like yeah oh yeah no Jamie Lee Curtis loves anime and then she'd be like oh yeah I love anime Spongebob is so freaking cool and then I look at her like could you have Lee said like Pokemon Curtis shared that her favorite character is Tony Tony Choppa and name dropped her friend, voice actor Brina Palencia. Oh, okay, yeah, Brina Palencia. Uh, Brina Palencia, man, she makes some moves outside of that. I remember she was like on The Walking Dead as like she was a, a guest star in an episode or something like that as the voice actor of the character. The 63-year-old actress elaborated that she would love to play Nico Robin but is a little too old for the role. Oh! She could play Nico Robin's mom. That would be fire. Nico Robin's mom was a freaking smoking hottie and she was 
them all. Netflix will exclusively stream the live-action One Piece series. Manga creator Eiichiro Oda will serve as executive producer, and the series has already casted a whole bunch of people we covered here on the channel to be in it. Curtis has shared her love for anime in the past, especially One Piece. She told a crowd at San Diego Comic-Con in 2016 that if she could play any television character, she would be Nico Robin. And again, I gotta say that when we get to Nico Robin, let's get her to play the mom because it'll be quite some time then and at the end of the day Jamie Lee Curtis she's aging like fine wine like Jamie Lee Curtis looks the same to me as like I don't know when I first discovered her as an actress Halloween age 2 I mean it would be awesome it would give some recognition to the series I'm sure Oda would be fine with it if she could do it of Nico Robin's mom I'm not even gonna lie people we're about to get a little bit darker with this one okay it's about to be one piece related we got a couple of stories of one piece related stuff but it's a little bit like woo. And I'm probably making it more than it seems, but considering the fact that, yo, like, you know, if I was to get stopped right now, the law is the law, right? I'm getting my asses getting ticketed, dog. They're gonna give me a ticket for being stopped for whatever it may be. No seatbelt speeding, even though I haven't got one of those in a while. Like, they're gonna stop me, right? Because pretty much a little bit of a scandal recently happened, and I'm kind of wondering, like, yo, dog, is this even bigger than we thought in terms of them trying to cover it up? And you're probably like, yo, Fenev, it's getting a little dark out here. What are you talking about? Well, it was a few days ago, and I was wondering if I was going to cover it or not and then when reports came out for something else that was similar and related in nature to it and it looked like a cover-up to me I was like let's talk about it boom because for me the thing that was the straw that broke the camel's back to finally say you know what let's just talk about this was the fact that it said One Piece chapter 1044 was featured on French news channel one piece manga chapter was so insane it was on French news France's most popular manga is One Piece which yo hold on we got to give a big clap that's kind of crazy. And I do legitimately think to a certain degree that One Piece, because I do know France is pretty big on manga. They're bigger than the West. They're bigger than, you know, the United States in terms of their love and passion for manga. So I can believe that One Piece 1044, because it was massive online and everywhere, was so big enough that they actually talked about it. I mean, they talk about, you know, anime here and there all the time on like different places in India and stuff like that. Like they, they talk about anime and in general, it looks like they... Oh, that scared them. It's legitimately believable that One Piece got talked about on the news over there. However, just before this, there was a little bit of an uproar commotion over on Twitter because apparently French police were caught posting about, reacting, and talking about, and promoting a chapter of One Piece prior to its official release over there. Essentially what some might say and deem and harp at, and the companies even harp at it, even if you're doing it by the legal ways, is promoting piracy <laughs> because essentially One Piece chapter 1044 if i'm not mistaken it was either 1043 or 1044 that police were caught sharing and tweeting and talking about over there on twitter and fans called them out about it because the first person that called it out was manga moguro ri it said well that's certainly something french official police count is using a pirated one piece chapter to be released officially in three days to promote itself they said it's like luffy against kaido you want to act for the safety of your fellow citizens join our crew on the site hashtag gendemari hashtag notre de engagement votre security there hashtag one piece 1044 hashtag luffy hashtag kaido hashtag nika hashtag hito hito no mi and mind you this was before the street release date and that's when fans decided oh no no no, no, no. hold on the, the boys 12 they, they they doing this right now and the fans let them have it hello glennot manga this person is talking about an illegally read chapter the official release being on sunday they pretty much hit one of the publishing companies and said yo dog the police are talking about and promoting 
promoting your manga illegally that you have license over here. Another person said, well, that's good because it's the Gendemari and their shitty propaganda. So people took to say, you know what? This is all a political thing anyway. So screw all of them. And they were getting teared to shreds over there. So I'm not even going to lie. To me, I think about it and I could be off on this, but it does seem to kind of stick together that, hey, so cops get caught pirating and, and promoting piracy, shall I say, of One Piece chapter 1044. All of a sudden, the news, instead of the cycle being like, oopsie, our police messed up. Oh, hey, yo, One Piece 1044 is a great chapter, right? Everybody loves One Piece. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it sounds like a cover-up for them. Because, I mean, dog, like, yo, that would be something big. Because in Japan, especially, those police might get, you know, either arrested or fired. I don't know how their badge of honor stuff works over there and whatnot. Do they protect their own or whatever? But chances are, if it was a system that was more accurate and valid and keeping people accountable, supposed to be here to protect us or whatnot, like, yo, dog, they, they shouldn't be doing this. And honestly, there should be something happening reprimanding considering the fact that they be going after people heavy, especially there's this whole anti-piracy, you know, big Shogakugan, Shueisha coming together. It's like, it's madness. So I don't know. I find it very, very interesting and fascinating that, you know, there be some hypocrisy of, you know, promoting like, you know, do right, do do good. And then, oopsie. If I forget to use the crosswalk and I jaywalk, you know what's happening, right? You, come on. You, you know if them 12 find me right there, you know what's going to happen. So honestly, while it feels like it's a little bit ridiculous, ultimately fans was going in and them boys over there in France was not feeling very bonjour like Boruto fans because we're still like, yo, dog, where's the time skip at? Kind of similar in nature of not feeling bonjour like Boruto fans right now because, dog, it's been a little bit of a minute since we've had any canon from the manga. And while some people might actually be enjoying what's going on in the anime, personally me, I've decided, you know what, instead of coming in here and constantly downing it, I will just wait till it gets back to stuff that I enjoy or I'll check it out at another time and then maybe a binge watch will make it a little bit more palatable because sometimes it goes into the hit or miss and I... Yeah. However, one of the staff members over there at Boruto, I believe, again, he's either a director or producer, and I really got to get that down packed. But essentially, Honda-san was talking over on Twitter about one of the latest episodes. I believe he was promoting it. He said, Boruto and Kagura fight against Satan from 7.13 today. And this was, I believe, on Sunday. And that was like, what, 12.30? He said, please watch it. Boruto, which, okay, fair enough. You're just promoting what you got going on. It's not your fault that we're into this Boruto anime-only stuff that, yeah, it might amount to something. But is it going to really amount to something in the grand scheme of things? Is anything that happens? in these anime only episodes gonna really tie in and like reshape the story as a whole Boruto is going to lose a ligament in these anime only episodes Kawaki is going to learn something that is going to change him forever probably not and that's where I stand with it in terms of the fact that I read and watch so many things that I'm not even going to want to attempt anymore to be like yeah you know I want all of those extra details whereas like I got 50 other shows that I'm gonna watch that it's going to give me some type of other experience and I could just come back to this when it's back to the stuff that I really really want to see or when people telling me like yo dog that flashback you know time travel stuff with Jirai and all that stuff like I want more of that however Honda-san had to quickly put some fan in their place in terms of a fan was calling out what happened in one of the recent episodes of Boruto apparently Boruto and the episode was not using his karma mark and at this particular point in the story they're like yo dog why is Boruto not using his karma mark they asked Honda why is Boruto not using it and Honda said do you believe that Boruto has the character to easily rely on the power of Momoshiki who took his master's eyes and i'm not even gonna lie i was kind of like yeah like do you read the manga dog like how, how do you be a like yeah no he had a valid point in terms of yeah boruto you know ideally he wants all of this to go away that's the entire point of the story right now pretty much like yo otsutsuki bye bye we don't want no karma take your karma like no like they don't want the karma they don't want none of it to do with it it's just like it's an annoyance a nuisance and it's a problem it's one of the big reasons why boruto is going on right now that's like the threat or well a part of it i don't really want to say they're the threat anymore but you, you get what i'm saying just 
personally feel like the manga contradicts that statement to a certain degree. Yes, Boruto isn't necessarily wanting to use the power, but if push comes to shove, he's going to use the power. Unless that means that these episodes, the conflict is so low that it doesn't feel like push comes to shove and Boruto's like... Ah, uh, nobody's gonna die right here, right? This is anime-only stuff, right? Like, we, we good. Like, we could just get it done without having to use all of that. Like, that's gonna cost extra, you know? They gotta use a CGI effect for the flashing. Like, let's just stick to the basics. We'll just... Rasengan! And that shit vanishes, so that's even cheaper. Because at the end of the day, all of these are just businesses. They're always trying to go cheaper so that they can save money, make more money. Obviously, capitalism is the way. Kind of like why Dragon Ball Super, Superhero the movie, pretty much exists that it's essentially cheaper. Because we got a little bit of an update. It just says here, Dragon Ball Super, Superhero, Shonen Jump HQ scan featuring a new look at Piccolo potential unlocked and I'm not even gonna lie this scan kind of looks cool like everything outside of when the movie is in motion looks kind of cool like a lot of the RP looking dope or whatnot and this is something that I had to address as well that I never got the opportunity to address this picture in particular it has Gohan which Gohan looks cool he looks like he's probably going to disappoint down the road because that's usually par for the course when it comes to us Gohan fans we're gonna get disappointed however Piccolo right I kind of joked about it when it was initially released but apparently this is a form, right? Light skin Piccolo. That's essentially a form because it's Piccolo Unlock, which that feels like something so common, like you would use as Kid Gohan in one of the Budokai games back in the day. A potential unlock, like how is that some sort of big deal? But either way, Light Skin Piccolo is his new transformation, Piccolo Unlocked, and it's just the most laziest thing. Like people have complained throughout the years, dog. People have complained and prodded and all sorts of stuff about like, yo, dog, Dragon Ball Z has come to the point of they change Goku's hair and we all go crazy and scream. Like they change the color of it, not the the texture not the design the color of it and we go oh it's green now what? and now they're taking that same idea and applying it to piccolo so now piccolo is just light skin like what's in the dark shall come to the light dog give me my dog skin piccolo all day i'm sorry dog like yo the scan looks dope honestly like i, I wish the movie looked more like some of these 2d drawings looked or whatever but yeah I'm, I'm not a big fan of piccolo unlocked piccolo's new potential piccolo's transformation it would have been cool if his design would have changed i don't know give him some freaking horn some wings, a, a couple, a, a, something there. Change it up a little bit. Like, I'm just keeping it real. Light skin Piccolo is no bueno in terms of, like, yo, dog, where's the design innovation? Where's being innovative? Where's the change that is gonna make me look at it and be like, oh, that's something different? It's more so, like, if anything, they are literally just upfront about the nostalgia thing. They're not telling us that it's, but it's basically like, yo, dog, we're not going too far from what you love, which was Dragon Ball Z. Like, they never really wanna take the template off in terms of what they're trying to do with Super which is basically make Dragon Ball Z in 2022, the feel, the fights and all that jazz. Like, they're not trying to go Dragon Ball route. They're not trying to go any other route other than, like, that vibe that you got in Z. But it's just kind of like, yo, dog, what, what, what are we doing here? Kind of like Jujutsu Kaisen yet again with another break, which I ain't gonna lie, I'm kind of not really mad about. Like, yo, that's why I was like, yo, dog, we're gonna start this episode off in a little bit of an angrier tone because, yo, I gotta get that off. But then, bam, Jujutsu Kaisen, it says here, is getting another break next week and weekly Shonen Jump issue number 19 in the series will resume in issue 20 as scheduled and I don't know if that's a sudden break it doesn't seem to be the case of being confirmed as a sudden break so I don't know if this is one of those things of like how the manga are starting to get more regular breaks each and every one are getting their turn so it could be that and it just happened to kind of coincide with hey it was just like a week or two ago that Gagakutami you know had to take
take a break due to health reasons, but I still always be worried and I'm still always like, yo, sending positive vibes, sending a whole bunch of love and support to Gaga Akutami that they can get it done, that they can do the job, that they can make Jujutsu Kaisen be one of the biggest things of all time or some shit, you know what I'm saying? Because Jujutsu Kaisen is really awesome and I hate hearing when Gege has to take a break because that means that probably Gege is overwhelmed and I know that these mangaka lifestyles are ridiculously bad and harsh and, you know, they work like crazy. So take another break. At the end of the day, Jujutsu Kaisen was the best-selling manga of 2021. Take the breaks that you need. You did it. You did it already. It's on autopilot. As long as you write some really awesome shit and continue on and you let Jump handle the promotion side of things and whatnot, just do what you got to do and take those breaks and screw it all. I don't care who gets mad. I don't care if we got a hiatus of six months so that Gege could really get it right and come back strong with no more breaks. Whatever it may be, I support it in terms of let the creators breathe, relax, so that they can have a positive and sound mind to come back and really write the stories that we love and enjoy in the best possible form. Because if not, then you're going to have a whole bunch of authors breaking down and, you know, just not feeling well and in general giving us some type of commentary, kind of like sometimes that we get in the weekly Shonen Jump author comments that we got like right here. Because it started off with Yuto Suzuki, author of Sakamoto Days. I'm suffering from sleep paralysis a lot lately. Is it because I listen to a bunch of dying, meeky, scary stories? Sleep paralysis is really freaking scary to me. I'm not even going to lie. That scares me. Then we got Gege Akutami, author of Jujutsu Kaisen. I kind of think that Udo's transparent censoring would stand out even more in color. I regret it a little bit. Man, I hate hearing that with authors too when they regret something like that. Like I get it or whatnot. But one of the things about being an artist and a creative is that you always feel like your painting, your creation is never really done. There's always more that you can do to the painting and whatnot. So especially when it comes out, they're going to feel that way. But yeah, yeah, you're doing fine, man. You're doing fine. Kohei Horikoshi, author of My Hero Academia. I'm still using a student desk. Recently, the drawer broke and fell off. It sure has lasted a long time. Let's have a little bit of fun and take that as a metaphor, shall we? I'm still using a student desk, meaning My Hero Academia is still in the student portion. He still feels like almost an early mangaka. He doesn't feel like a vet yet. Recently, the drawer broke and fell off. My Hero Academia isn't necessarily doing what they had anticipated. Maybe they thought it was going to be even bigger than it is right now, despite the fact that it's incrementally climbing up. It's not having that big boost like Jujutsu Kaisen and Demon Slayer. It sure has lasted a long time. Yo, are you kidding me dog and it sure lasted a long time meaning the fact that his previous series and most series that are in jump that don't really get that far and within like 16 chapters my hero academia is already what 340 something chapters. like my hero academia has gone a long time so yeah sure it has lasted a long time but seriously he's probably just talking about his desk but either way it was funny to put a little bit of logic behind that i feel like this is the year that my hero academia is just going to constantly be talked about especially from me of hey it's finale it's ending it's almost over because yeah they kind of announced that it's about to end. We got Eichiro Oda, creator of One Piece. I went to see the Spirited Away stage play. It was so well done that I could be saying I went to the actual Aburaya bathhouse. Man, a Spirited Away stage play. Oh my god, I would love to go there, take my family, my daughter also. Oh my god, that would be so much fun. Especially like oh, anime Spirited Away, that, that'd be awesome. Then going all the way towards the bottom where it's looking like, yo, dog, yeah, uh, the new and latest serialization they're probably gonna get the axe however considering the fact that shonen jump is probably within the next two years going to undergo a massive revamp of new series i believe the next time these authors come around if they try to come to weekly shonen jump again they probably will have massive success with their next one if it's a good one like because both of them are really good and by the way i'm referring to it for starters gen oska doran dororan second to last i plan to get a dog someday so i often fall asleep while thinking of what i'll name it any dog i get is probably gonna be named after like an anime character that i like just keeping it real i had a dog called guts at one given point i had another dog called conan detective conan okay like when i was younger and i was really into comics i had a female pit bull
Paul named Harley Quinn. Like, I was an original Harley Quinn fan, okay? Of, like, the Batman the Animated Series, Paul Dini, Eric Radomski, Bruce Tim. That era! I know there's probably a few of you out there like, Yo, dog, Fenev knows about all of that. Paul Dini, Bruce Tim, Eric Radomski, the background's black paper. Like, yo! Dwayne McDuffie, the goat. R.I.P. to the maestro, man. And then at the very end of it all, Yuji Kaku Hayashimon, also known as the author of Hell's Paradise. There's a movie I want to see, and then I quickly realize that it's no longer playing theaters. I hate that this keeps happening, and that's probably because he underestimated. I'm willing to bet if he's having scheduling issues, he underestimated the workload of being in Weekly Shonen Jump, and it's probably kicking his behind. He probably didn't realize, like, oh, dog, I ran out of time because he's constantly locked in a room day in and day out, 20 hours a day, drawing, inking, thinking of ideas. Like, the life of a mangaka is no joke, but also, it looks like it might be coming to an end short, and sadly for both of these gentlemen, Gen Oska and Yuji Kaku, because they've been in the bottom of the TLC for a little bit now, and they don't have the notoriety to survive. It would only be up to the editorial staff and department to be able to say, yeah, we like these. We're going to keep them around, similar to what happened with Demon Slayer, but that costs faith, and if they have faith in it, we'll see, but wow, it's not looking great for either of them at all, and I've been saying that a couple of weeks now. Expect cancellation soon. I'm, I'm calling it. Both of them, probably. Which conveniently wraps up our time here today. Curious what you guys think. Most important story, favorite story, anything you enjoyed that I did in Forever News that you're like, yo, dog, I want more of that, or something that I didn't do that you're like, yo, dog, can I get more of that again? Like, you haven't done it in a while or at all? But that's all I have for this one. Thanks for watching. Hope you enjoyed. I'm Forever World, and as always, people, have an awesome day, and remember the golden rule! Anime and manga for life, babe! Have an awesome day. Peace, and you guys just watched another episode of Forever have an awesome day.